think this is on this will be on uh twitter too okay hi twitter. yeah i think i just hello it's oh, are we live now? Yeah, we're live now. Oh, what is up, oh. everyone? Welcome to another live stream. And the chat's just like, oh, shit. What? Why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is going to be another spicy, interesting roundtable discussion. So thanks mm. again, everyone, joining us. I'll go through all the things. As always, like, comment, share, subscribe, uh, throw money at us because we're a bunch of far-right, grifter, fascist, uh, Nazi, self-hating gays, and make sure you give us your money. Uh, don't forget Ultra MAGA. Um, Ultra MAGA. Trump got Emperor. Trump got Emperor. <laughs> what was that? Would you say white supremacist? I missed that White one. supremacist, okay. bigoted, yeah. uh, self-hate. You said self-hating gay, right? I said self-hating gay. Yes. Um, all, all the good stuff. Anyway, yeah. anyway, <laughs> we're going to run through a lot of interesting things today. We're particularly waiting for Storm Robinson to come in because we're going to chat about some Twitter controversy. Controversy on Twitter. He stirred up yesterday with uh, a long, I think, interesting tweet with a lot of food for thought that very much should be discussed. And, uh, you know, just to stay on brand with what we do, no matter if it comes from the woke left gaze or the homocon GC gaze or whoever the fuck, when people tell us we can't talk about something, it makes us want to talk about it more. And that's what we're going to do tonight. So if that upsets you or you're one of these people on Twitter who really gets your panties in a bunch about these discussions and why are you even talking about that, blah, 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 there's a button you can click. You can turn this off and then you can move on with your life. You, you can block, you can mute, you can do all those things. But for the hate watchers out there, we welcome you as well. And we thank you for joining us. And we hope you'll listen to the discussion in good faith. And we invite other people who disagree with us on the channel to come and talk as well. You know, if they really, really don't like what we're doing and saying. But maybe that would be like what the left does in platforming us, right? So they got to de-platform us like the left. All right, I'm done ranting. Anyway, Chad Manley's <laughs> with us again. Welcome, Chad. Hello. Yes, you missed the last one, which was a shame. But By the way, my cat's right there. Ooh, oh, kitty, kitty. kitty. And then we have a new guest with us who's never been on the show or any live streams or anything like that, Shmuel Walther. Um, Hello, Shmuel. I've never met Shmuel. I don't think we've We go back to, like, it. Facebook, I think. Okay, and then yes. we were friends on Twitter <laughs> with one of my previously banned accounts and then i lost you forever yeah. and then we found each other again yeah me, as soon as i saw your name i was like hey why don't i following you let me go find i know that guy follow you and then you actually use your face in your profile picture which is how i knew it was you right and that you have balls because i ain't no coward I know that bitch. I mean, it's hard to speak the truth. Uh, like, first of all, just to learn the truth or what approximate right. objective reality that is, is a process. Is a process in and of itself. And then a to one. be willing to share what you found with other people when right. the content is likely to trigger negative emotions because they have sacred cows and, and beliefs right. to be held that they don't want challenged. Um, Which most people have one or two of those, or maybe more. So, and I'm not saying we don't have things that we'll probably get extra touchy about at some point. At some yeah, there, there are things that I can yeah. get touchy about. Sure. But the point is, we're going to talk about it anyway. So. But I'm not going to go like seek out things that are going to piss me off. Um, 
a good skill to have on Twitter is knowing when it's probably better to not engage with something. Right, to scroll past. And to just keep scrolling. <laughs> to mute not, and to block. Yeah. Those, people forget uh, that they have these so options. If you think our opinions are not worth your time, the best thing you can do is ignore them. Because the more you comment on Storm's posts, or Brent's or anyone who posts something that you really don't like, the more yeah. engagement you're giving it and the more attention the tweet is then going to get and more people are going to see it, which is the opposite <laughs> of what you want. Oh no, the consequences of my actions. Yeah, so. <laughs> and you know, something, yeah. else, something else that's important to remember is that uh, you can like somebody's feed, you can like somebody as a person and just disagree about a sure. couple topics. Oh and my God. You can still be friends. It's yeah. fine. Like I never understood like uh, when someone will unfollow me or unfollow somebody else because I have an opinion about one topic that they disagree yep. with. And it's like, really, like you just shrank your homocon bubble by that much yeah. because <laughs> I said, I said like, yeah, I'm Catholic and I take that seriously. It's like, so, so like, that's the line for you. You're like, nope, you're out of here. Yeah. Really? Really? It's tribalism. It's like, I was about to say that. Yeah, but this is why I compare it to how like the woke gays act too, because they're just as clicky. And maybe it just comes down to homosexual men. I don't know. Okay. Maybe we're more clicky. I want to bring in the front porch conservative. Oh, the, the token straight. Brian, here. our favorite heterosexual. Brian, how's it going? We've got two heterosexuals now. Well, has two children and a, and a wife. He still needs the dog, but he's getting there. That's you it. haven't got the dog yet? What the hell, man? No. Uh, it turns out my wife is Jamaican. And she's definitely afraid of dogs. Okay. The dogs really? in Jamaica are just a different breed. Mm, really? Yeah. I uh, when I was in grad school, I had some friends who were from the Middle East, and they mm. were afraid of dogs. They did not like dogs. So one of one of my classmates, an American, she had like some small dog, probably about forty pounds, not even, um, who was very playful. They were afraid of her. They did not want to be anywhere near that dog at the picnics or anything. Um, yeah, you guys. I tell my wife. If we... Oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say, are you getting like any sort of echo when you guys talk through our mics? Okay, sounds really good to me. Because I just realized we're not using head. Like I didn't make the transition to headset. Um, maybe Kyler out there and in, in or anybody in the audience, if you could tell me how this sounds right now, <laughs> that would just help. If because I, I if I can if we need to put headphones on, I can do that. But if the sound sounds fine to people listening, then we'll just continue as is. Shamel, did you used to be yes. a debater in high school or college? Actually. No, but I was uh, outspoken and opinionated enough to have debates very often on campus. I, I was never part of a debate club officially, but um, I, go ahead. Ahead. were you debater uh, adjacent? I would say I was debater adjacent, and I would I would probably credit that partly to just my temperament as well as my upbringing in a fundamentalist church because uh, my my uh, my personality type is very serious about. Uh, using logic to convince people or show people that they're wrong. And like everyone in my family knows, don't get into an argument with Sam, he won't let it go. <laughs> Here's why I'm asking the question, because I just saw you doing something with an ink pen. And the last oh. time I saw that done was old debater friends of mine in college. They could <laughs> literally, I mean, one guy, and I don't know how he did this, he would hold the pen at the top of his hand like this um, and somehow yeah. flick that thing around like a complete, complete airplane spin and just catch it and just keep on going. And then you're just doing the whole drum majorette thing in between the fingers. Yeah. So 
I've seen people do that. I should look up a YouTube video about how to do that, but I might break a yeah. window or something. You won't break a window. Just make sure you do it like on a bed or maybe in the tent of a blanket and just go crazy. So idea. before we get into the topic of the evening, I thought we'd just like talk some shit because there's some really interesting stuff going on. And, you know, I, I, I love to bounce around with with people about this shit in conversation. Uh, so, hmm. Quick question, though. Quick question. Oh, shoot. What, what's everyone drinking? Uh, I'm just water. I'm I have a hung I have a little, little hangover today. I had two cocktails with dinner last night, and I've been a mess. Protein shake. <clears throat> okay, good boy. I'll be having dihydrogen monoxide. Okay. All right, right then. I have uh, salmiaki, salmiaki, and soda water. Well, uh, are you gonna have to elaborate there? Yeah. I don't um, know. It yeah. is a uh, Finnish liquor uh, that is. Uh, flavored like uh, salty licorice. Uh, in Finland, they have a, a hard candy called salmiaki that's salty licorice and it's disgusting. But the liqueur <laughs> that they make that's flavored like the candy is really, really good. Um, when I was in grad school, my Finnish friend and office mate, Ani, thank you, Ani, shout out, uh, went to Finland, visited some family. She brought me back a bottle of salmiaki and I loved it. So when I finally had the money, I uh, ordered three bottles and I shipped them from like England or something. So very nice. The most interesting drink of the evening definitely goes to Chad. Now that's mm -hmm. a man dedicated to, to high class alcohol. What are you drinking, Brian? Uh, just a, a simple pecan whiskey. Nice. Very nice. Very manly. Yeah, so um, don't get too messed up so tomorrow morning. I don't know if you guys have heard of this alien talk. But there's a lot of alien talk right yeah, now. There's been alien talk. And like, yeah, there is. There'll be more, actually. Let me just preface. Like, I, I've i been, you know, I, I have this, like, side gig where I read uh, read a lot of news. And the, the whole thing was, like, it was, for months, it's been bad news for Joe Biden. Like, across mm -hmm. the board, his his poll numbers are, you know, record low. Like, I think it's, it's, it's worst president of all time territory um, <laughs> just by the poll numbers. Uh, and that's also polling Democrats too. Democrats, Democratic voters are not happy with Joe Biden. They don't want to see him run again. Um, they're not interested. They don't like him. Even the progressives don't like him. Like nobody likes Joe Biden. So I really don't understand how he's being proffered as the front runner. I think they're just going to do a bait and switch. I think we're going to see, you know, a, a switch out for Newsom. Uh, I would expect, because mm. I, I, unless they pull some someone else and from the not pool of potentials right now, which is always possible. Um, but, you know, I, I think Joe Biden is just, I don't think he's going to make it. Like, the, the dude's uh, not not looking good. He stumbles a lot. And it's it's not, I, I heard the argument that, it, you know, the president is sort of an archon or an avatar of the state. And to see this, like, crippled, feebled old man stumbling around is just bad for that, America in that general. That was Christian Watson yeah. tweeted about. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's just so it's so bad across the board. Um, but now all the, there's all these talks of aliens and it's just like I, I just can't help but feel there was also this destruction of a dam, a Russian dam that was destroyed. Mm -hmm. uh, it's contested over who's responsible. But I mean, it's uncontested. <laughs> that it, it, it What's uncontested is that it, it hurt Russia the most. And in the American media is sort of lining up and claiming Russia did it to itself. Um, and this is after we've had the revelations about Ukraine being involved in the destruction of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. 
which came out in The Guardian a few weeks ago. So all this has been bad news for NATO, bad news for the Democrats, bad news for Joe Biden, and then all of a sudden there's aliens. I mean, what do you guys think? Um, I mean, I have thoughts on this for sure. First of all, everything you just talked about is everything that was covered in Tucker Carlson's first episode of his new show on Twitter. Which and, everyone should go watch. Which everyone should go watch. And I think that's important because these are definitely the topics that are people are afraid to talk about, especially on the media. Mm. So to have a contrary opinion of the Ukraine war or to not support the war, that's like not hip. And it's probably one of the reasons why Tucker got pushed out of the mainstream media. But also mm -hmm. the, the alien topic is typically one that is dismissed or laughed at. And if you talk about it, you're going to be perceived as a kook or unprofessional, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. So the point I'm making here is that this just shows that Tucker really does have balls. And it, it's not like he hasn't talked about these subjects before either on his show, his old show, because he has. Mm -hmm. and he is interested in stuff like UFOs. It's, it's something he has covered on the show before. But I like that right on his first episode, he's like, fuck it, Ukraine war, and then aliens right on episode one. I'm like, go Tucker. I'm with it. So it just seems like the talking points are being put out. Like, I love Politico as a good source of what the establishment intelligence agencies, like, want people to mm -hmm. be programmed with. <laughs> yeah. Right. The stepping orders. Yeah, like, the Daily Beast um, is another good example of that. Like, it's it's how the intelligence agencies are uh psyoping the you know people like you know people like us independents mm -hmm. um so it's very funny but i just i don't know i i don't buy it and you know it's been it, this happened before like this isn't like the first time they had like disclosure technically right. uh, there this happened like last year around the same time too and again it was a similar thing it was like bad news for biden like the war in ukraine was going terribly uh, mm -hmm. They just like gave them like you know authorization for more billions, and yeah, all of a sudden, it's like oh, but aliens, guys! Whoa, yeah. hey, look over here, and let's let's aliens. So I don't. I, it wouldn't, it's a good point. It wouldn't surprise me if they actually like do like some type of limited disclosure in just order to distract, just to yeah. distract. I don't it's know if I entirely believe the uh, it's a distraction theory because I. Uh, why would the why would this happen like two days before Trump gets indicted? That seems like more of the distraction from Joe Biden, right? Like yeah. mm -hmm. he, he is in a campaign mm. like Donald Trump. So wouldn't the distraction be, hey, look at how bad Trump is? Yeah. So why would you create another distraction? two days before I'm what is very clearly a distraction? I'm leaning toward your position as well and I don't know if I agree with Brent here, mainly because this the UFO disclosure thing that just happened is not really being generally talked about very much. Like maybe it's mentioned mm -hmm. it's mentioned once on a news story and then that's that. Well, I should Something, clarify that aliens are real. Sure. They're but, not aliens. I mean statistically the point, they have to be. The point I'm making here is that a high level official went through all the proper protocols to disclose this information to a media outlet and there is a point here that's important too, because the Pentagon did grant them the permission. It cleared it. They cleared him to be able to, mm -hmm. to go to debrief. So maybe that was the point. Maybe they wanted this to come out. I don't know. The point is he's, he's a high level official. He came out, he's saying these things, right? That craft were recovered. Specifically, he's saying that 
government organizations have been going on for decades, which is true, that investigate the yeah, so phenomenon. This is a good point, though. But mm -hmm. and that they're nested in all these other organizations to conceal what they're doing, and that he's saying the purpose of these groups is to recover craft or tech, exotic tech of non-human intelligence, and then to try to reverse engineer the technology. Whether you believe that mm -hmm. or not is not my point. My point is when a high-level official comes out and he starts saying things like this, and then other high-level officials are also saying they're vouching for him and his character, you, you look at that, you pay attention to it. That's a big story. It's it's something that everyone should be talking about. Normally, that would be like one of the biggest stories around, if not the biggest story around, if it's true. Mm -hmm. And that, that was Tucker's point that he was making as well. Like the news doesn't talk about the important shit that should be talked about, including this. Well, yeah. What do you guys think? Well, to, to go back to a minor point that you brought up, people are blaming the Russians for a lot of different things. And I'm not saying they don't Always. have the capability to, to do that of which they are accused. But it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me that the Russians would blow up a dam just to hurt themselves. Yeah. I could see the Chinese blowing up the thing on the grounds that they get to keep the conflict going longer and then swoop in as the peacemakers yeah. at the end of it. That, to me, makes <laughs> sense. And and to go back to something that happened months ago, this whole thing about the Ukrainians blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline, I ain't buying it. I'm not buying it. They don't have a functioning Navy to begin with. And apparently, as far down in the Caspian Sea as that pipeline is, you have to have some very skilled deep-sea divers with the capability to be able to do this. This is not probably, the— Probably the U.S., to be honest. That's what Seymour Hersh was reporting in his Substack article. Right. Yeah. He's got mm -hmm. sources inside the U.S. Navy that are telling him, yeah, it was us. We, yep. we got orders to do it. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, the Kiev Yacht Club is not going to have the ability to get this thing done. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, so, you don't have depth charges on your boats. Now, wait a minute. If I've got my pontoon out on the lake and I want to go fishing, yeah, I'll throw a depth charge in and just, you know, be lazy about it. But let me, uh, let me bring in Mr. Storm. Oh, Make some chum. I'll bring him back in in a minute. Storm's okay. here. Wait, there he is. Okay. Storm! Hey! Hey! Handsome. Welcome back. Hey, gentlemen. We're talking about aliens because we're just yeah. like kind of like easing into the subject. Yeah, we didn't want but this is the point I wanted to make. They can. can use the truth in order to manipulate you. So they do that all, Absolutely. all the time. They, 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 can trick, they can trickle it out at just the right moment in order to distract from. That's true. And then they can also, the thing, that, the, the other thing is, even when they seemingly tell the truth, there's generally a twist in there. Yeah, it's it a very a they 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 dash in just a little lie mm -hmm. to make it and it just like it just that it sidetracks the whole like way like the conclusions that you draw from the situation because they give out a lot of true information and then the little twist at the end there is missed. And and right. that's a, a point. They, so they they love to weaponize the truth. Um, well, yeah, the truth that they tell us is a vehicle for the go ahead. Don't forget the pattern that this always follows. It's always that's not happening. That's not happening. That's not happening. Okay, maybe it happens sometimes, but it's a good thing. Yep. And then, yes, that happens. And it's a good thing that it is. And if you're against it, then you, you're a big you're bad. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Sounds like a lot of things over the last couple of years. Well, the other, th the other thing is, and I'll throw this one out there. A long time ago, I had a professor who taught me a very valuable lesson about how to figure out what's really going on in life. I'm going mm. to do the same thing that he did to me years ago. 
Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Gentlemen, what's the very next thing you should say? I feel like this uh, is a trick King's question. Men, uh, had to put all, the, all the King's horses and all the King's men couldn't put Humpty together again. I felt like it was a trick question. Yeah, <laughs> it is a trick question. No, no. His answer was, who pushed Humpty? What was in it for them? <laughs> that's true. How did Humpty and now, yeah. that's extremely cynical. It is extremely cynical to say, and yes, it's a horrible way to look at the world, but absent altruism... It mm. does go on to explain why certain things go down the way they do. Who's pushing Humpty and what's in it for them? Yeah. Who wants that omelet? Think about that with relation to Ukraine. Yeah. Okay. Keep a dam on. blows up in Ukraine. Who benefits the most if the That's dam blows up? Can't be the Russians. Yeah. And then, then you could apply Occam's razor to that. Yeah. True. What is the more likely? Also, answer. like I can't believe Tucker. He said like the, the Ukrainian general basically is on like video or was quoted by a major you know paper saying that they basically had already shot American weapons at the damn floodgate as a test strike. Also, who who was it that said uh, best money we ever spent in regards? Oh, to that was Lindsey Graham. 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 What he had a Lindsey great ride in reference to Lindsey Graham. Oh, He's like God. the odor <laughs> of death has aroused Dude, Lindsey Graham. <laughs> when I saw that video, I'm like, wow, your psychopath mask fell in yeah. that moment and we saw what's really inside there and it's Lindsey Graham's a demon. I want to make yeah. a trade I want to make a trade with the Russians. Can we just give them Lindsey Graham for whatever the hell we can get for him? They want him. Well, no no well, no they might want him. I mean, you know. They you want to trade him for a babushka? I'd trade him for a bottle of vodka at this point. Just get him out of this country. I don't care. <laughs> just, he's just like Russia's one of those he's one of those swamp creatures, you know, and he's another rhino. Um, he represents like the neoconservative faction yeah. that was like they're George W. Bush Republicans, Karl Rove Republicans. They're not Republicans. They're not conservative. They're actually radicals that like to spend lots of money and start wars all over the world because oh, that's how they make their money. And and mm -hmm. and that and that line of thinking goes back beyond the Bush the the Bush W. years. I mean, you know, go back to, well, yeah, go back to Eisenhower. I mean, there was that period after World War II. Where you had, you know, people like, you know, Irving Crystal, Bill Crystal's dad, you know, Gene J. Kirkpatrick and a bunch of others. And they're like, well, we don't have a home right now. Then Reagan comes along and they're like, okay, we'll hitch on to this star and see how far it takes us. Well, they managed to worm their way in. Then Poppy Bush becomes president. Oh, they really went to work, you know. Yeah, well, we've had uh, the, the same people, the same sort of like, you know, it's like I, the way I think of it behind the scenes is like Game of Thrones. There's just like competing factions. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for like they've been mm. sort of unified basically since they killed Kennedy, you know. No. And yes. No, no, it's not Game of Thrones. It's not House of Cards. It's Veep. Okay. <laughs> Politics is Veep. I haven't seen Veep. I haven't seen Veep. <laughs> okay. Well, let me give you a rundown. It's a bunch of idiots who don't know what they're doing. Uh, who just like are so stupid and know so little about the law that they're basically always playing uh, uh, disaster control, uh, and then they tax you. So that's, really, that's the surface level. Though. That's the, so see, I that's think, that's like that's I think like it's the, a mixture of that. there's there's like a level below that where the, those people are just being like set up and like left to run by more malicious right. bad actors. Well, you know the law the like, to just assume incompetence that you flipped oh typically. uh hanlon hanlon hanlon's, hanlon's razor, razor. Hanlon's razor. Hamlin? Hamlin. 
so Hanlon's razor is that like uh, basically the the explanation for people being uh, you're you're supposed to allow for incompetence when that's a possibility yeah. instead of uh, malice. So you're right. supposed to presume when something goes wrong, it's because people are incompetent, not malicious or or evil. Um, and people do have a tendency to jump to evil in certain situations, but you know, there's a corollary, I call it Brentley's corollary to Hanlon's razor, where if you haven't eliminated personality disordered and psychopathic specifically type individuals, the cluster B folks from the equation, if you haven't thought about that or screened that out, assume malice, you have to assume malice until you mm. eliminate that possibility from the equation, because unless you do that, uh, there's a good chance that you have a pathological bad actor in there manipulating the situation for their benefit and that's also true with the the meta level you know and that, uh, with the way that the government is is uh, structured it attracts those antisocial personality disorders um it's, it's to their benefit that they, they very want the well. public to believe they very want well the public to believe that it's incompetence because they're completely hidden you know, Jordan Peterson tweeted uh, out uh, an excerpt from a study this morning, and I retweeted it. Uh, he, he tweeted, correlation between left-wing authoritarianism and malignant right. narcissism is right. 0. 0.60. Yep, 0.6. He, he went on to say, this correlation is so high that the constructs are arguably indistinguishable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, your corollary is. Slocum covered this, right? On oh, I haven't. I haven't seen this. I think. I think he mentioned this. This same. The same exact study. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. But I mean, it's obvious, right? You know, like those of us have been paying attention that have watched left wing ism over the last like three years. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, to anybody who's been paying attention, the fact that these people are not right in the head is very, very obvious from Sam Brinton to Joe Biden to the Antifas in the street, you know, which Storm had experience mm -hmm. interacting with in public, in person. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, we've interacted with them. We've interacted with them. <laughs> yeah, so. Remember that one chick? What's her name? Crackhead Barney. With the, She had her tits out. She's just a troll, man. Wait, oh, my God. She was just so ridiculous. Yeah, I felt bad troll. for those those poor uh, Orthodox older Jewish men. They were not. She was definitely making them. They were nice. I mean, Oy vey! Thin, but they're nice. Oy vey is right. <laughs> um, I wanted to pull up this little video of the Muslim kids stomping on the gate. Oh, I've seen that. I saw that, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's um, right next to the billboard. Is there a quick consensus on the aliens? Because I haven't... Uh... I haven't really looked into that yet. I, I so, was hoping it would be like something really obvious. Uh, that's a long conversation. The, the Pentagon. Long, so we don't have, there's not like a quick, We could just do aliens tonight. Well, that's fine. I, I will <laughs> give a follow up to that recent. Bait and switch. I'll give a follow up to the recent story we were talking about the, you know, the official who came forward and he. Hmm. Yeah, lay that out because I haven't even. So there was a response to it. The Pentagon denied the things he was saying. Ooh. And they yeah, said they, they, said they didn't find. Uh, any information to substantiate his claims that was what they said so there you go but but they also said that they were getting they have channels set up to allow former or current government officials and contractors to come forward to them if they wish to share what it is they know that's what they said so they have a whole new program They're trustworthy folks yeah sounds like a portal. they would never lie never 
that's well the thing is the probably the people that were doing the line don't actually like they probably thought they were telling the truth like that's because that's not part, you know, it's compartmentalization that's what i was gonna so say it's they, all it's they all need to know basis they're different well, they also operation kill hall they moved they moved all the 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 really uh exotic tech into private hands years and years and years ago um, oh, yeah. They knew that they, they couldn't keep anything on paper. They couldn't trust like the government was not the vehicle to study this stuff. They had to make mm -hmm. it all proprietary and private property. And that's why, you know, they have like underground bases that are completely privately owned and private security run out in, you know, the middle of effing nowhere. Um, mm -hmm. And they've had them for, for decades. So that's kind of where it all is. If we wanted to go and, you know, crack open those doors, I'm sure we could send the military in to do that. But nobody's discussing that possibility. So as far as I'm concerned, this is just all bread and circus. And yes, a lot of it is mm. true. They're using a lot of true information to... I think it's funny you told me to mute. I know. See, well, then the I, I forgot. darn it. Well, now it's muted. But they, they will do this. They'll distract with the truth. And also, like, there's always that little element of the twist and lie, especially when it comes to the alien subject. But right. real quick, my, my so I, we've done a lot of reading on aliens. Um, and what seems to be my working hypothesis right now is that they are not aliens in the sense of life forms. Extraterrestrial. Like Extra, they're not extraterrestrial. Yeah, they're one extra dimensional or. Oh, Alex Jones in the house. They, well, they exist in a space on top of ours that is just a natural part of our environment, kind of like the same way that we coexist with ants, bees, and other lower life forms, and rarely, generally, do we interact with them um, right. on an individual level. And then I'm sure whenever we do interact with them, it totally seems like this crazy thing that just happens. Well, the, the creature below us doesn't understand our interaction. And can't, because they don't have can't, the hardware can't. or the dimensional uh, neurological system to be able to perceive the same reality yeah. right. but there, there's a lot of weirdness and high strangeness around the topic and it's it's a fascinating subject i think people do there's eat. so much to read there's a lot of literature on it there, there is a lot of research on this and there are a lot of very uh, well highly, highly recommended experts, richard yeah. dolan's series uh ufos in the national security state that covers a lot of the just the history and stuff. the facts yeah so it's mm. a lot of names, dates, places, reports. It's to be more specific. It specifically covers the United States government's interest in the subject and how they've responded to it since the 1940s, all the way up to our mm. Oh, that's a lot to yeah. be right back. We're, if we're into the 40s, well, well, what I mean is, it, it, the reason he chose the '40s is that that's when the phenomenon actually became a, an interest of government. Nukes and all that. Well, we, don't have, like, we don't have any like new footage of like of shit coming out of the ocean in San Diego or anything like that. No, they, that was like, that's yeah. the thing. That footage exists. Yeah, that was yeah, from. Uh, there's nothing new. It's just like now we have like. Mm. So I think that question is not even that important anymore um and the only reason i say that is because it's, it's hard to trust video i'm like you know, you just like things in visual bits you know what i mean <laughs> that's what i'm looking for well that's what they're doing they're, they're doing it in dribs and drabs and we've been sort of pre-programmed for decades with like yeah, all the movies 
Yeah. You know, so which is also what gives the general um, impression to people that what we're dealing with is ET, that it's some physical thing that's physical in the way that we're physical. Aliens came, from another planet. That came from across yeah. space and a nuts and bolts craft. That idea is the idea that is being pushed in our heads by media. And it, that's what we think of when we think of aliens, but it might not be that at all. So we don't really know how nuts and bolts these craft are. Right. They behave in ways that very much defy what we understand. There's about also physics. even more fun so. possibilities like uh, breakaway civilizations. So there's this mm. idea that Earth has gone through multiple cataclysms before that we've achieved high technology and billions of people populating the planet. Mm. And that some global cataclysm sort of resets everybody back to zero. We have a mind wipe culturally. We forget all the history. We lose all the technology. And the whole thing starts over yeah. again. Uh, Graham Hancock called it a species with amnesia. That's how so that and it. so but there could mm. be remnants of those prior civilizations that uh had broken away and survived and their culture continued and their technology continued to evolve so that from that mm. state. that's one possibility the other possibility relates to what this this uh, official who came forward said that something was recovered by the government over the last few days non-human that was being wow, reverse engineered and then our tech that you know there's secret bases and shit and a whole faction of society that we don't know about that have been developing technology in secret that is far surpassing what we have publicly available to us so there are like two civilizations developing at the same time there's also the rumor so, of like a whole like sort of civilization on the dark side of the moon that yeah. we're just getting into every weird but anyway right that's fine we have all earth why not and people are tuning in like i thought we were talking about gay shit we can get okay. 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 let me i'm trying to pull up this video of so here i have this well, now. Yeah. well how are you had, had you had you seen that news report where some homeowners claim that they saw some light crash down and yeah. then they swear on the on the on the uh, 911 um call then they saw some eight to ten feet creatures with big eyes, yeah. and the police who were on the way were like, "Bullshit!" And then one of the partners said, oh, "You see that drop out of the sky?" He goes, "What? I didn't see it." And they were just all spooked out. I don't know. To me, that seems like the um, the a magician's flourish to distract us from what could actually be. Maybe. Yeah, I heard I heard that report this morning. Uh, there's a morning radio show on YouTube called Steel Toe Morning Show. Hosted by April and Aaron Amholt. They were covering that very thing. So here we have some young Muslim children. I think I think this is in the UK. Oh, no, sure. that's dangerous. Canada. I see a Canadian. Canada. I see a Canadian emblem. Oh, Canada. Canada. Okay. So and they're just like stomping on flags at the encouragement of their of their mothers. It's good wholesome, yep. you know, good wholesome yeah. hate. <laughs> see, my, my issue with this is the same reason I don't, I don't like when the left takes their kids and parades them around for their political. Leave your kids at home. Leave them at home. Like we get it. That's true. Them, you know, you're standing up because you, you feel like you're protecting them from this shit. I get it. But you're also, you're putting them in danger. First of all, second of all, they're too young to understand the battle that is being fought. And I don't have any business being involved in these parents are supposed things. to insulate their children from this shit. Yeah. Not include them in it. No, they should be being kids. Although, granted, <laughs> I know it kind of, it kind of just like I don't know. It does warm the cockles of my heart a little bit. Just I mean, to see, what, what <laughs> to see the opposition to the extreme agenda. What warms my heart? Right. And that you, pisses you, off. Brentley, you have a heart. I've heard on the internet you're like you have this like cold, black, dark scab inside your chest. It's just 
You're just scammed over. And oh, I've I'm seen so I've seen such nasty things said about you on Twitter. <laughs> you, you should see the, the emails and DMs I get. I oh, mean, yeah. they're just not they're not nice. You can only imagine. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. I just delete, block, mute. Delete, you self-hating faggot. <gasps> anyway, pull up Storm's tweet. Let's get into this shit. I know that's what everyone wants to fucking think. Come on. That's why they're here. I'm scrolling. Hold on. I have to go in reverse. You know what? Um, here it is. All right, it's kind of long. Um, do we want to read this? We probably do. Storm, read it. Listeners. No, you read it. No, let's storm read it. It's his words. Wait. Um, okay, hold on. I'm going to Also, before you read it, talk about what prompted you to write this in the first place. Um, yeah, I guess that's a good thing uh, to talk about. Uh, uh, not much, actually. I think like it turned into a lot longer of a tweet than I expected it to. I just kind of started writing it. Like, the main point that I wanted to get through is, like, I don't know, like, it, you know, relates to those kids just now that we saw, like, stomping on the, on the, on the pride flags, um, which I don't have, like, a strong reaction to, to be honest with you. It's just, like, it just seems like more, more, like, more noise and bullshit in the, in the culture war. But, like, my whole point of this tweet, I guess, is, like, I started it just because, because of stuff like that, and not to, like, justify that, but um, just to say that, you know, we don't know what the what the causal factors are of, of any of this stuff is, you know. Um, and, you know, I guess just like watching the reaction of people to the, the over the over like pushing of pride and all this stuff um, kind of just prompted me to kind of want to like explore, like, is it homophobic for parents to kind of, you know, want to keep their kids away from this? And if so, why, you know, and like just from the perspective of a gay person, you know, how do I feel mm. about seeing stuff like, oh, parents, you know, like people probably call that hate. I just kind of call it ignorance. And like, it's it's an extreme emotional reaction to go out into the street and step onto like, you know, rainbow flags and things like that. Um, but that stuff is happening. So I just wanted to kind of say like, you know, is it homophobic that they're doing that? Or is it protective? Is it coming from a place of love? And like, my whole point was like, you know, um, it's complicated what causes homosexuality, and we don't know. And there's a lot of cultural complications and social implications, and everybody kind of looks at it different. So by default of all that complexity, it's best kind of just to leave it up to parents to kind of decide when kids should be exposed to that. So like I, simple. Yeah, that's kind of where I was trying to go with all this. and like, But there's so many ways you have to caveat it that I just start digging myself into that. You, like, you really don't. And I think, like, if I would have shut up earlier, I probably could have avoided some of the shit. But, um, you know, essentially, that's what I was trying to do was just be like, well, you know, like, it is, it's complicated. We don't really know. You know, it's not totally settled, much like gender identity. You know what I mean? I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying the two are comparable in validity of amount of science or research, but I'm just saying, like, from a purely philosophical and, and logical level, you know, hmm. you know, if, from one to the other, if we as like gender critical people are going to be like, well, they shouldn't be pushing, you know, they shouldn't be pushing gender ideology in school. I think that I think that's fair for like all of all of sexuality, actually. You know what I mean? Because if you think of like people who are raising their kids more religious, and I'm atheist, you know what I mean? I grew up religious, but I'm atheist now. Um, you know, agnostic atheist. Like I'm not like 
you know, like I'm open to ideas and we'll hear anybody out and I appreciate religions and stuff, but like, you know, it does instill a sense of, of conservatism about like homosexuality a lot because it explicitly states in a lot of these religions that it's wrong. And I think that's, that should be respected in public institutions where we have to share spaces with each other. And so like the whole point of this tweet was basically to say, you know, we should give parents a lot of grace and autonomy. In most cases, obviously, there's extremes and abuse, and I'm not trying to talk about that. But, um, you know, in most cases, parents should be able to decide that and let's just leave it out. And it's because we don't actually know. We can't, you know, there's not, we don't have settled science on, on, on it. You know what I mean? And so if they have the philosophies that exposure in school is going to cause it, and they're not making that case, but if that is, you know, if that is kind of like if that's the sentiment behind a group of people, then that's valid, and that's like you know, it actually makes sense that we should respect that. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna counter this homophobic and just kind of say, okay, cool. I want to counter that a little bit with what I think the other side would say in response to that. And by that, I don't mean the homocons who disagreed with this. I mean the gender critical people who are pushing the LGBTQ stuff and all that stuff. They would say, well, shouldn't we also respect other parents? transing their kids oh the gender critical people wouldn't say that, i guess but maybe like i mean maybe like the woke ones i'm talking about not not the gender critical ones but the oh, people like, you know like the libertarian to the trans approach shouldn't we respect yeah i don't know i mean you'd have to bring in a whole subject of medical ethics you know what i mean and i yes. i'm not like i i don't know you can really yeah. from principle standpoint but at some point you got to find the balance between medical ethics and 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 libertarianism, I suppose. And Storm, you know, I was uh, surprised. I didn't spend too much time reading this uh, because it was kind of early in the morning when I saw it. And I was, it was definitely not at work. Uh, but um, I was surprised how many people were responding, saying like, "Oh, it's you're born this way," or like the science is settled, or blah blah blah, or like we know that blah blah. blah. Okay, first <laughs> of all, like you said, no, we don't know actually. Yeah. Second, I even if we did, even if we did know for sure that, yes, it, you are born this way, and there's nothing that can happen later that changes that, um, why is not knowing that Yeah. Why is simply asking about that and being like, hey, are we sure about that? Why is that homophobic? Why can't you even ask the question? I know, maybe I'm just stupid, right? And why can't somebody just be like, no, dude, look, here's the link. Like, we already got yeah. this. Nobody <laughs> actually offered up the link, by the way. Like, nobody actually offered up the link. Like, look, dumbass, like, it's totally settled. <laughs> no, so the, the actual science right now, there are correlates. So I think I've seen, uh, like, seven different genetic loci that correlate with homosexuality. Um, mm. But it's not one-to-one. And the, the the signal varies for each one. You know, each each genetic loci has a uh, probability of occurrence in homosexuals that is greater than average in the background population. So uh, the, there's a little math involved in how you think about it. But it basically, th these are not one to one things, and they it's not like a gay gene that yeah. if you have it, you're going to be gay. It's not that simple. It's very right. complicated, and we don't really understand the causes. Well, another thing I wanted to bring up too is that when people see you saying that we don't know if we're born gay, they are looking at that and they're interpreting it as you saying that this is this is not an innate thing, and I think that's not what you're saying. Clearly, it's an innate thing. You know, and actually, I think a lot of 
people. And you yeah. can't, I suppose, I suppose that, which, that depends on what you mean by innate. Well, because uh, I, I get in a lot of arguments with people on Twitter. Immutable. And I think for most gay men, I, I, real true, I guess we'll say true gay men who are homosexuals and they can't change that and nothing they have done or tried mm. has ever mm. changed that. It is immutable. But that does not mean we know where that immutable trait necessarily comes from and why it matters. Right. That's what we're saying. So when you say you're born gay, we know that there has to be a social element to it, because yeah. otherwise, um, like in middle school, for example, uh, kids would be identifying as gay like randomly in all of the social groups in middle school. But that's mm. not what we see. If you went to like a big high school or a big middle school, if there are, let's just say, five percent of boys are gay, like five percent of males are gay. Okay, well, first of all, there's no such thing as a gay child because children don't have sexual attraction. So it has to, it's developed later in life, probably around puberty. Well, if you have a football team of 50 boys, two or three of them should be gay. But that's never the case. It's like now, now, maybe one is gay. All the theater kids are gay. You know. (laughs) All of the guys who hang out with a bunch of girls, they're typically gay. But all of the guys who are into sports and that type of stuff, they, they're very few of them, if any, are gay. So right. that that right there should su- should suggest that there is a social element to it. Um, hmm. You know, why is it that that if it if it is completely random? Then you know how come you can probably count on one hand the number of gay professional athletes. Also, both things can be true at the same time, and this is like like the, the issues like these are really hard to parse on Twitter because people tend to think in black and white and yeah. binary. They don't. It, supply it must them. be this way. It yeah. can't be that way. Or if this is dichotomies, true. The short format doesn't help either. When you only have you know two hundred characters or whatever. The text format also, like you know, right now we're having a conversation amongst Mm -hmm. a handful of people, and this is the way humans naturally have always communicated. Well, except except you know the computers, but well, the computers (laughs) are relatively new in at least in you know written history. You know, for most of human history and for most of our period of evolutionary adaptation, small groups of people would come together and have conversations, and that was how you know, we sort of formed consensus and how reality was determined, in fact. Um, and, and this whole advent of, you know, long, like communicating with millions of people via a text-based format is mm. very new. I mean, that only came about since like the advent of social media. We've only had it for like two decades max. Well, this kind of leads into another point that I'm thinking too, which some of the responses to Storm's tweet, these were what people, what people were saying, but we've already had this conversation. This is the science settled. It's settled. We've oh, oh my gosh. This, this straight of Game of Thrones. I don't know if you know. Yeah. And then uh, why are, why are, why are we even talking about this? Why do we have to have this discussion? I've seen quite a few of those, quite a few of those. And my answer is explain that, homosexuality and animals. Then my answer to that is because we want to, that's it. I'm yeah, not right. I'm not going to give you any other reason. I'm not going to, I don't have to justify myself for shit. If I want to talk about something and something is interesting to me, I'm going to talk about it. Exactly. You're saying, well, why do we even need to have this discussion? Maybe don't have it. With you me. don't need to have it, girl. Like, right. go out in a corner I'll, I'll, and the men I'll will take, I'll take it one step further. 
why can't we have this discussion? Yeah. That's that's the million dollar question. Why is a topic? Why is a topic so sacrosanct that you cannot talk about? It? If you believe that. Galileo never would have been able to prove that the earth revolves around the sun, whereas the settled mm -hmm. science, everybody knew that the sun revolves around the earth because we are the center of the universe. Yep. The neurological difference between the mob and or NPCs, whatever you want to call them, that continually parrot the, the, uh, the edicted, uh, thought the narrative, and the people who are. the narrative, and, and the people who can break away from it is that the the mob is still subject to in group out group psychology. Yes. They have to they have to appeal to what the settled narrative is because they've attached that to their protection and their safety. People who who either realize or have demonstrated with their fists for themselves that they're strong enough to be an outlier can therefore open their mind enough to think contrary to what everyone else is thinking. It's the same reason that while all, all the protests for feminism or all the stuff, the only guys who are there are the weak, snivelly, skinny ones because they feel they know they're not strong enough on their own, so they have to be part of the group. Yeah. Well, and this is an uncomfortable topic, but I'm going to mention it because as I was thinking about this very conversation, this very topic earlier today, it popped into my head. I think it's very easy, and Storm, you kind of touched on this. It's very easy to say born this way. Mm. then you don't have to ask yourself what made me gay yeah no they explicitly pretty much state all of those points too like like i you're right like i mean it's really easy to say that right and i think we all know that and it's like it's a really useful political device to kind mm -hmm. of like i think like that's where i started the whole tweet with is like it's this is you know it's an oversimplification and like they went on to say it like they went out like yeah it is but we just don't we just don't need the shit you know like basically all the same shit that like that like I, like it just made me realize that like the, you know the whole trans rights thing was literally, literally gay rights lifted and shifted and like oh maybe we skip some steps if we if we can't even talk about like you know what i mean like there is a lot of conversation it has been had before but like it was also kind of left on the table like eh, well we still don't know a lot of people are like yeah we're good with that because it's inconvenient otherwise you know yeah. because well, we mm. might have to talk to christians about it we might have well, to make a hard argument you know what I mean? we, we, well, if you don't want to don't do it you know what I mean? yeah. Same way. Like, walk away you, you know that's that's something i had to deal with on my side because i grew up fundamentalist christian and being being super curious and inquisitive, I would always poke and prod my elders and pastors to try and explain to me, me incrementally and logically why that is bad. And I, I personally remember one time we had a, an evening program where the youth get together and we have to supposed to have a you know a get together seminar or whatever, and they invited a guest over and the guest introduced himself as a gay pastor and I was like, this ought to be good. He's about to get eviscerated. <laughs> Yes. And then in, instead, the the adults of the church chased him out. And I was like, what? Are you scared of him? What is it? I thought he was about to get destroyed. And and it, it was from that moment on that my, 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 my antennae were up. Because one thing I always was perplexed by, either from the homosexual or ally side or homosexual side and the fundamentalist anti-homo side, is that nobody wants to talk about gays who reform or pastors who turn. Nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah. Because to me, um, homosexuality is a phenotypic behavior. 
it can people can probably be disposed predisposed to it uh socialized into it like you someone mentioned before it's probably a, a kaleidoscope uh, a, a mosaic of different factors but no one's talking about what clicks in someone's mind because what no one is what i suppose what everyone's afraid of talking about is epigenetics because epigenetics can happen during your lifetime. You can be completely fine and through environmental factors and your decisions and the way that your neurochemistry pans out can change the expression of a gene that would not have made someone do something before. I mean, right. it, it goes all the way into like all the sorts of different personality disorders. I wanted to touch on the born this way question and the origins mm -hmm. of that as a conclusion for the general lefty woke gay types. And mm -hmm. there, there's a political reason for that. And the political reason is, you know, trying to gain the social acceptance. And it's part, the basis of our rights. Yes, it's the basis of the rights. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get rid of the taboo that there was something uh. inherently wrong with us. And I don't think any of us are arguing that. We're not arguing there's something wrong with us. Yeah, we're, we're explicitly no. Like, we're, trying, you, we're asking, why are we this way? But what I'm saying is like, I've always wanted to know. I think most gay men at some point have wanted to know. And I think the ones who get to that point where they're just like proud I mean, and I out know. and all of that, they stop asking that question to themselves because it makes them uncomfortable and goes mm. contrary to the I idea. love myself the way I am. I don't know if yeah. Storm and Chad, and I think you have a pretty good suspicion. Do you guys like know like what caused it in your life? Do you have a suspicion? I don't know what caused what it, caused but I know there are interests. What, what caused it? I in in me, I don't know. Do you have but a suspicion? What what you said, Brentley, uh quote tweeting Storm. You said, uh, if you talk to gay men, a lot of us have trauma or neglect in the background. And I was thinking about that a lot. I have talked to a lot, a lot of gay men mm. who have said that their childhoods were very lonely. Mm -hmm. They were very isolated. They didn't have friends. The friends they, the people they wanted to, to call friends didn't really want to hang out with them or thought they were weird or whatever. So they they Feeling just like an outsider. In, so they didn't they didn't really build a friend group until much later. Only uh, children were they? Huh? Were they only children? Uh, like like being an only child. Oh no no no, no siblings. No no no. I mean they had siblings. Uh, yeah, they okay. had siblings, but still lonely. And so, um, I you know I did wonder do you maybe. Is it possible? I'm not a psychologist, uh, so maybe someone listening to this is, and it's going to be like, "No, that's stupid. You're an idiot." But is it possible that being being a young boy, being and having this deep desire for male friends that is never satisfied because you're never accepted, at the same time that puberty hits, could that manifest itself in homosexuality? It's a good question. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, but that's what this kind of comes down to is we don't know, and that's why we're talking. And about these aren't that. things you <laughs> can't you can't pilot. That's such a common story for gay men just being so lonely when they were young. Mm. I've heard a lot of stories of gay men being introduced to sex very early, and I'm talking, you know, five to twelve, like pre-puberty. Oh, God, uh, mm. and a lot of them were especially the ones around puberty you know boys we know but a lot of the girls don't understand we are hormone monsters we are incredibly horny. horny 
uh, especially around you know puberty and, and shortly post puberty, uh, which is why it's very easy to take you know sexual advantage of a teenager uh, as an adult. And it's also like predators know this and they will exploit it. And this has happened a lot. And the the men, the the boys that have this experience, generally don't think of it as abuse, and it, so it doesn't get reported as such. And you know, it just sort of goes under the radar. And uh, until, you know, I, 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 I've had a conversation with two guys that I've been close friends with. Uh, well, one, one close friend, one more acquaintance. And the one guy definitely um, ha was, you know, statutorily raped by a 35-year-old at the age of 12. And wow. he told the story as if it was like a conquest like it was like he was proud of it and i was just like you know that's kind of like you were like raped by that older dude who took advantage of the fact you know and the guy was like you know he, the guy he described him as being ripped and uh you know he said it was like his like his ultimate fantasy or whatever but it was just kind of interesting to me that like he did not think of it as abuse and i'm sure that's a, that that's a lot more common and i heard another guy who told me something similar but he was actually introduced to sex indirectly by his father who pimped him out at a um oh a, a men's uh a men's uh like like club like a like a steam a gentleman's club yeah like a like a, a friggin bathhouse basically he would just drop him off at the bathhouse and the kid would just like get passed around basically and he didn't really wasn't aware of it in retrospect he's sure there was there was finances being exchanged somewhere but like that's just a sample of the stories that well, I've heard. So the response to that, mm -hmm. that the people who disagree with Storm's tweet are going to say, they're going to say, well, that's all anecdotal evidence. And look, there were a lot of people in the comments saying, hey, I wasn't sexually abused. We understand that. We are not saying all gay people were sexually yes, abused. Yes, this is the problem I wasn't again, sexually that abused. binary like, thinking. Right. So, so, you know, as Josh Slocum and says, also when I said, supply your own, not all. When I meant, not when all, I said neglect, uh, you know, I probably should, it's, this is again a problem with text-based communications. What I mm -hmm. meant by neglect was just sort of the absence of a um, desirable male role model mm -hmm. around the child from the age of zero to five, because I think that's what caused my homosexuality. My dad worked a mm -hmm. lot. There weren't a lot of older males around when I was in that zero to five period. In fact, I was surrounded by a lot of women. Same. And I feel like I also I, I also recall having a fear of men, like like the the mature adult male sort of like scared and awed yeah. in a way. Mm. And I think commonality. Like, yeah, sorry, keep going. But like, yeah, that was that's a big one. That like, I feel like that's what triggered it. And I was like, oh, I had a lot of female exposure. I, like everything was like, for me, that's like that's why I'm all like, yeah, you know what I mean. But like for me, that's personally true. Is like I have five older sisters. I just I, like I was adorable. I had red hair that was long and luscious, and they dressed me in pink. And like I don't know if I liked pink before they dressed me in pink or like you know what I mean. But like. I got along with all my older sisters and not like it, they loved me and they just like, so I don't know what came first, you know, the chicken or the egg because I was too young right. to, to bank it. But like, yeah, a lot of female exposure. I guess the question sisters. here, going back to the epigenetic thing is, you know, do these environments or ways of, of being raised turn on particular genes perhaps i don't know right. I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna repeat what you said and what brent said i was also surrounded by a lot of females growing up not just my mom maybe um, an overbearing mother yeah well my mom was not overbearing and well she kind of was but she has a disability 
she has a cerebral palsy. Mm -hmm. So that makes a kid really have to grow up a certain ways quicker than you normally could because eventually you start a parent, your parents. That's a whole other thing. So I had my mother, and then because of her disability, my grandma had to step in as a third parent to help Mm -hmm. raise us. Um, And then my aunt, my dad's sister, also helped raise us. So I had three women primarily who were helping to raise me. And then my father was very codependent upon his mom. He he has mental illness as well. He wasn't Mm. strong, uh, brave type man. You know, he's a good man. I love my father. And he was... He was good for me, but he was more nurturing than I think fathers should be, if that makes any sense. Yeah, one of the books I read on raising boys said that boys need uh, a very particular combination of correction and support from their fathers. And it's Mm -hmm. like nine parts correction, one part support. Yeah. And that ra- that ratio is yeah. really important for rearing the the young male into a functional, stable male. So for me, it was kind of flipped. I had you know nine parts nurturing and know, one, mm. part one part correction. I got ten father. parts correction and no support from yeah, so. <laughs> no emotional. <laughs> I love my father. He's he did a great yeah. job, but this, yeah. not so much with the emotional. But, you know, this is a situation where it's like, all right, there wasn't any, like, physical abuse or sexual abuse or anything like that. But, you know, I do think there there are particular... Causative factors. Causative factors. That increase the probability yeah. of certain genes being expressed. Now, there will be people that no matter what you do, they'll be gay. I, I truly feel that there is going to be a percentage, yeah. a small percentage, yep. that no matter what environment you put them in, they're going to come out a little gay or a lot of gay. Um, <laughs> And that's just, you know, that's just their, their karma, their, their, their life story. Yeah, but there are people, I think, that could have been straight had they have had the more ideal environment hmm. in that zero to five period. I think the zero to five period. Everyone's the word ideal, because, man. We, let's get to ideal, okay, right? So this is going to blow a lot of people's minds. But guess what, folks? Heterosexuality is preferable to homosexuality in general for the survival of the species for one thing and also for the survival of the individual well, there goes your twitter there goes your twitter account getting blown up for the rest of the night that's why i didn't put this on youtube because that's i mean i feel like somebody would report that and be like he just did a hate speech he said gay people aren't as great as no that's not what i said well storm, I said, storm sort of said this too in his tweet as well right, he got into it i mean it's it's obvious it is obvious you need you like we're not supposed to be normal because if we mm. were the norm the species wouldn't spread very quickly i didn't know normal was <laughs> we'd have a really good party for a long time and then the species yes. would die yeah like, normal, <laughs> i think of normal as like normal distribution like the most common you get normal distribution average like we're on the fringes you know yeah. what I mean? Right. That's the way it is. Like it's, you know what I mean. Like we're just talking about numbers here, right? Like, yeah. We well, should also acknowledge the gay men. Gay men, they they say it's as high as 10, 20 percent. No, it's high. probably it's like but more realistic. I want like to touch on ten percent in Los fucking Angeles. You know what I mean? Like, come on, go normal because ten percent. I tweeted bias. I tweeted about this last night, but about the word normal and that people attach positive and negative connotations to normal and abnormal normal? Oh, that's why yeah like it's like it's like, like i get it people use those words in positive mm-hmm. or negative ways i'm not saying that they don't do that but in a clinical sense of when you analyze just what those words mean if you want to apply them in a clinical sense something is abnormal when it's not the usual it's not expected it's not common 
it's not the norm. Something is abnormal. Um, well, not so I was saying something is normal when it is the most general thing. It is right. expected. It is the usual state of affairs, which is heterosexuality, and that that's fine. It's fine that there are not that many gays. In fact, it's probably preferable. And there's nothing wrong with the fact that it is abnormal. But it is abnormal. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't yeah. mean bad. That's all I'm saying, too. And like I'm just saying like that abnormality does cause some certain challenges that maybe sure. for other people are greater than others. Absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, I, I was really afraid of sounding whiny, but I thought, I don't know, I'd have to actually reread the tweet, because every time I start to reread it, I get, like, cringy with myself and quit. But yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like, I, like, reread it, like, once before I sent it and fixed some, like, shit in it, and then I was like, that's yeah, pretty good. And then, like, initial feedback was good, and then, like, I started to get some bad, and I reread it, and I'm like, okay, I'm not ready for this, and I still not haven't made <laughs> So that's still where I'm at. But, like... Yeah, I was trying to like qualify that like, yeah, like it's it's abnormal, but like, oh, I forgot where I was going now that I made jokes. Well, that, that there are hardships that come with people. Oh yeah, and there's hardships. And, and this is why a lot of parents. But those are also variable. That's why I wanted to caveat everything. It's like, of course, because we're human, and like I think because like I, like my degree is economics, so like you know like mm -hmm. it's a BA, it's like I'm, you know I'm not a scientist, and then so like. But, like, you know, from what I did actually learn in school was, like, you know what I mean? It's just to think of everything on a margin, from the marginal case, from the variables you can collect. And, like, you know, from there, try to say, like, oh, you know, given this input and the things that we can control for, we can see that these things impact these things, you know? So if right. we extrapolate from there. So, like, what I'm saying is, like, it is very individualized. And, like, absolutely some people, by the time that they reach the womb at birth, like, they're going to be gay no matter what, you know what I mean? And like they, you know, and then depending on their environment might have more challenges than somebody who is equally as born with that propensity to be gay at, at the time of puberty or sexuality onset, right? Like, so that's mm. what I'm trying to do is like say like, yes, there are certain challenges that come from being, you know, part of a group that's much smaller than, than average and has to find like different ways to optimize for happiness. But like, that doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't mean that we're all destined to be miserable or doomed. It just means that, like, yeah, there's certain challenges that come from being outside of the norms. You know what I mean? Not devastating challenges, nothing detrimental to finding happiness or achieving, like, these long-term, like, relationships and commitments or whatever, if that's what you want. And apparently that's what everybody thinks I want, and I'm, like, chronically single and don't want that stuff. But, you know what I mean? Everybody... I don't know, people went to different assumptions, but all I was trying to do is say, like, yo, everything is variable on an individual, so we got to leave room for that. And then people kind of lost their shit. But, <laughs> I saw a lot of people, like, projecting stuff onto it, too, like, just reading things into it. Oh, it's a choice? Like, <laughs> Every time. Yeah, because if, like, obviously me, the internalized, self-hating, homophobic, pick-me Nazi, pick like, Nazi, like, I'm the one that would have, like, I chose this because it's a choice, right? Like, you know, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure, buddy. Like, that one just, like, I don't know. I was getting frustrated. What I really don't like, though, is if you express the thought, and I think a lot of gay men have had it, probably most of them have, and the ones who are super proud and out will bury it and not acknowledge it. If you mm. express any thought that, hey, I wouldn't have chosen this, oh, my God. They you can't understand that. You hate, oh, my God, you wouldn't have chosen this? How could you not love being gay? Being gay is the best thing ever in the world. It's like, holy shit, dude. Well, but, wow, you, 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 you right. identity around this completely. It's 
How well, but, you, the ones who are doing that that are claiming to be homocons or gender critical or whatever, like you are kind of like, okay, I'm just saying. That's I'm calling these sentiments homocritical. Homocritical. Traditional conservative. <laughs> yes, not like just. Well, but let, 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 me, let me ask you, gentlemen, a question. Okay. You know, in moments like that, when, when Storm, you drop a comment like that, that no, I don't think that homosexuals are born this way. Is it is it your opinion? And I think you guys have sort of touched on this. From my perspective, it seems to me that when someone loses their shit the way they did, um, to use the vernacular of the day, um, that it's not so much they're defending an intellectual position as they're defending mm -hmm. political territory. Mm -hmm. And what I'm getting at is this. Oh. They have to make that position stick in order to move the ball down the field as far as it's gotten. Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's no longer an intellectual idea that I'm willing to debate, no, okay, are, are homosexuals born this way or is it an environmental issue? People also like, forget that we can't just like, you know, declare it to be so, like just because we're having a conversation. Yeah. And like, also Storm didn't say we're not born this way. Yeah, that's right. Great. Storm, Storm hey, said we don't know. We don't no, but, know. And there are all these other well, factors yeah, but, that we but, have what, to consider. That's but, it. That's but, all. What, but agreed. And, but what I'm saying is this. For a certain group of people, they have got to make that position stand yeah, well, in order for them to just keep moving. Yeah, this is what I said earlier, and yeah. why why that became the settled position politically because yes. it had to because the point was to not if the point was to present ourselves as hey we are just people like everyone else we just want to live mm. our lives we want to be accepted socially etc so they had to get rid of this notion that there was something inherently wrong with us that we're mentally ill or whatever. Mm -hmm. So born this way was the theory everyone settled on because we have to be born so this from way that to float have our, our rights. rights. But, but I don't think I don't think yeah. the the rights are in question or would yeah. be in question at this point. I, it's just we're really we're just questions. playing with the ideas. We're trying to get to the issues. We're having a fun conversation. We're going to talk about whatever we want to talk about. I'm curious why I'm gay. I've always wondered. I'm going to talk about it. Like it's not so, like just because I still wonder and want to know doesn't mean like oh man, I hate myself. Or just because I state things like, hey, life might be cooler in certain ways or I could have kids in a normal family if I were straight. Like God forbid mm. I have that desire or that thought. Yeah. That means I, oh man, I just must rip myself apart every day and get nothing done and just cry in bed all day. It's like, well, people forget that the homosexuals have higher incidence of personality disorders, mental illness. Absolutely. Um, even the ones- Are we allowed to say that? You're like, oh my God, like they're- Yeah, well look at you, Storm, you're mentally ill, right? Well, obviously, you know, like, and I, like, I think it's true. Like, like, I'll say, like, I will say, like, I have, like, struggled with, like, depression, you know what I mean? I think yeah. run-of-the-mill depression, but, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a human being, and I have, and I'm, you know what I mean? Uh, and I think I've done pretty good at, like, dealing with it uh, without, like, you know what I mean? Like, to, to be honest, like, I grew up in, like, a really poor family. We didn't have a lot of resources, and these things were, like, taboo to talk about. So it was, like, something like, like I had to grapple with internally. Um, and so, like, I really have, and I don't think I, you know what I mean? Like, and I think it's something that I have to work on constantly. It's like having a diet, you know what I mean? Like, you just you have to work on it constantly or else it's, you know. There are particular But, like, it is true. Like, you know, and I think a lot of it stems from, and, like, I'm going to be honest and vulnerable. And, it, like, people dug into this, I think, because they know it gets me. But, like, a lot of it does stem from the fact that, like, I really do have like an underlying real desire and wish that I could have a family of my own. Like I would love to have that life. Like that's true. 
it, like I don't know if that makes me like a shitty person because I think no, about it. It does. It makes you human. Like I am like, well fuck, that would be cool. Like a lot of the same ways that I'm sure people are like, well fuck, it would be cool to be rich or it'd be cool to be a CEO or something, you know. It's like I would just think it'd be cool to have like a traditional family and a rider lawnmower. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sorry if that sounds like cheesy or like something you can take a shit on because, you know, you're a coastal elite liberal that used to like model in San Francisco or some shit. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> fuck you. Like I, that's, like, I just think that sounds nice. It doesn't mean like I spend every day dwelling on the fact that I, you know, I can't have that without like, right. you know, enforcing it in some that's way. Why, that's why I got a dog. I think this is like a point to consider, right? You know what I mean? And like, like, I didn't like no I'm not asking anybody to like sit here and blow my nose for me I'm just like I'm just bringing up the fact that that is a thing that happens like you know what I mean? so, like, so like if a parent is aware of that and they're like oh you know maybe there's a way I can reduce this as the outcome for my future child mm. I take the steps is that unethical I don't know you know what I mean so, no I think honestly I think it's the opposite it is the ethical thing to encourage your child yeah. to be heterosexual in whatever way that you feel is appropriate and if they turn out not to be you deal with that yeah and then you can yeah. use the child for try it. to like leave like even don't even bring that up because it's not here right like if your kid does turn out to be gay what do you do with that like certainly like oh if your kid comes to you at like I don't know, like, apparently some people were comfortable telling their kids, their parents at, like, 13 or 14. Like, I was, Bold. like, you know, it took me a while, because, like, like, my parents aren't, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it would have been hard for them, it would have been hard for me, so, like, you know what I mean? And I think it's great that people did that, but, like, it's, like, there's different sets of, of things that go on here. I want to... To touch on you know the depression and the all that stuff that gay men deal. Hold with. up, before like, you do that, let me bring in Star Sign. Hmm. Oh, there she is. Cassandra, oh, hi guys. Girl. Oh my god, you look amazing. Lipstick. I love that you haircut. Thank you. Sorry, I'm late. I was being a domestic, so that's fine. We all have shit to do. Doing your breeder thing. Nobody gets to do this. So it's Betraying just again, and I thank everyone for coming. <laughs> I wanted to bring up you know the fact that we're also not saying that people who turn out heterosexual didn't face abuse, didn't face trauma. Right. We're saying that there seemed to be higher... I really want to make a point about this abuse thing. Yes. But we're also, we're not saying that straight people don't have their own problems and depression, and that we're not saying that either. Supply are all not alls. Right, right, right. And being gay does come with its particular struggles and issues and things that we have to deal with particularly. Mm. And that's it. You know, we don't, like you said, we don't need people to blow our nose for us and like... You know, yeah, if you want to comfort us a little bit, great when we're going through it. But it, I think it is normal to feel the things you feel, Storm. I've felt that, too, for a while, especially when I hit 29. I'm 32 now. Mm. It hits at about 29 to 32. Oh, man, I really yeah. I get wanted, that biological. You're like, I want kids. I wanted kids. And I, I saw my other friends and people I grew up with. They were all having kids and starting families. And I think it's natural to look at that and to want it because it's biological. <laughs> Even people like us who just can't get it up for women and can't romantically attach to them still want those things. And we understand we are missing out on something beautiful. Some gay people mm. say, oh, well, kids are a burden and this and this and that. Fine, whatever. I actually I'd love to make those for you. Most people, I would, say, I would say the vast majority of people who have kids, by the end of their lives, they will say the most important thing they did with their life was have, have kids. kids. And, and people who don't, so, people who don't always say they regret it. Like, I think that's science. I don't think I'm just, like, talking shit here. Like, I think that's real science, that people who don't are like, well, fuck, I should have had kids. Why? Like, I wish they are like that. that. It's also okay to not have kids if you don't want to. Yeah. 
But at the end of the day, like when you're on your deathbed, just know that 80% of people who did that are gonna be like, well, fuck, that sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's fine. Like, maybe you're, like, everything's calculus, you know? Maybe, like, the cost benefit works out for you, even knowing that there's an 80% chance you're gonna think that your last thought, fuck, that sucks. But, like, so be it, you know what I mean? It's one last thought, and then there you go. A lot of people who try not to have children tend to be doing that because they're mad at someone else and it's kind of like, oh, I'm not going to have kids like you did. Like, I have a lot of friends who had a lot of trauma and that's why they don't want to have kids because they're always like, well, the world was terrible and I, and and kids are shit and I hated being raised, so I don't want, and then there's always a a twist to it, but it's always rooted in I'm mad at someone and I don't want to take that anger out on the kid. But then they later on realize they still could have been great parents. And that's not to say everyone should be a parent. There is a lot of court cases to prove there are plenty of people who should not be parents. Make up your fucking mind, kid. And, <laughs> and so it's like, with, with being a parent, I'm not saying everyone's right to be a parent. But there is a reason, whether people like it or not, biologically, we are designed to create other people. That is how it has been for everything in existence. There's a reason why there are male and female trees. It is very rare that you're going to find organisms with a very slight exception. Um, And there's a reason why they're single-celled organisms, by the way, or they're uh, either newer or they're endangered. Lower life forms. Yes. You'll find that animals that can change their genders to uh, suit the different uh, times in their lives. Like, for instance, the a species of fish, there's several species fish. of frog, and there's frog. a couple of species of insects. And everyone's like, well, they can change their gender. I'm like, okay, but are you a fish? Are you a frog? <laughs> there are amoebas who are single-celled and they regenerate, so they uh, asexually reproduce. Okay, are you really going to compare yourself to an, uh, an amoeba? Like, is that really where you want to compare yourself? And I had someone say today, and the thing is, it's, it's, it's difficult to say because I – a lot of people get mad. They're like, well, being gay is completely normal. I'm like, listen, if it was normal, then reproduction would be male, male, female, female. You are marginalized because you are outside of the norm. Hate speech. Right? It's hate speech. Like, I say it that way. They're like, well, there's gay animals in society. Well, why do you have to say it, though? Huh? But why do you have to say it, though? Why well, would you even have to say it? It's well, you just, didn't say it at all. You should never have to bring that up. It's being hateful. It's not being hateful. The thing is that, and a lot Dangerous. of people say this when it comes to like, uh, I'm trying to make sure I get it right, but when like they're talking about like the transgender conversation or anything else, all humans have two legs. All sure. humans have two legs. Some humans are born with no legs. Some humans are born with three or four. So because some humans are born with non-properly formed legs or too many, do we suddenly say that, well, humans sometimes have legs. Excuse me. Humans are born no legs. Like, do we, do we change the narrative then, or do we understand that naturally all humans are born with two arms, two legs, so on and so forth? Yes, there there are general trends, there are patterns, and then there are the exceptions. Exactly. And you can't you can't point to an exception and then claim that somehow the exception is the normality when it's it's actually you're you're doing you're you're taking the wrong conclusion from the evidence. You're like exactly. hmm. exceptions I, prove the rule. Yeah, and this is where it's it's the 
It's the unpopular opinion. I guarantee this could get me canceled. If anyone ever hears it, girl, oh, it's no. dangerous rhetoric. Hello, I know. So I believe <laughs> being gay or 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 because as a bisexual woman, being someone attracted to the opposite sex, I believe that people who are born with some kind of defect to begin with, because nearly every gay person you see has OCD, ADHD. They're just some- talking about. Yeah. So it's so let's say they didn't have a sexual trauma, which there are some unicorns who never went through any kind of sexual trauma or any kind of thing like that. Well, they still might have some kind of issue, if you will. I believe that there has to be a trigger in it. You're Daddy already, yeah, so you're you're technically kind of like a defect, you're a mutation. You're outside of the norm, you're outside of the normal genome. People have a problem with the word mutation because like fucking freckles are a mutation. And they're not particularly right. useful. Heterochromia, six fingers. And they can lead to melanoma. Yeah, exactly. And nobody's like, nobody's really having like a fucking shit show over like, you know, the use of ginger yet. You know what I mean? I'm just saying like, like it's the same fucking thing. <laughs> they're erasing them instead. You know? so it's like, this is yeah. not a deal it isn't. You know what I mean? To talk about a mutation. It's just like some people have freckles. You know what I mean? Not particularly useful. But, you know, we'll deal with them while we go through it. Like, it's fine. You know what I mean? And as a kid, let me tell you, freckles are fucking devastating in a lot of situations. Like, it, like not to be a drama queen, but, like, mutations like can be horrible when you're young. And then when you get older, you're just like, what? okay, fine. I have deal with it. It's fine. You well, you develop psychological resiliency over time. And mm-hmm. this is another reason why... Yeah. I don't like them putting anything sexual to these children. Uh, right. Beyond the most basic, you know, the most basic, the most neutral sort of sexual education, fine. But anything more advanced, when you talk about LGBT people, when you're talking about particular types of sex acts and instructing children on them, that's where I draw the line because it's unnecessary and uh, it's it's unhealthy, frankly, because mm-hmm. you're, you're introducing advanced topics to kids, some of whom a, a statistical percentage will not be psychologically prepared for that. And you're mm-hmm. going to inflict damage on them that could potentially impact their sex lives, you know, for the next 10, yeah. 15, 20 years of their life until they get therapy and figure it the fuck out. One, so, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like one of those things is like when you well, I don't know if one of those things is. Can we do a, sorry, not to, I just went full-blown ADD, but we should do um, an introduction at some point, because I actually don't think I know anybody here, and I want to keep saying, I'm sorry if I butcher this Schmuel's name. Is it like Paul? Schmuel. 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 Schmuel? Oh, I don't know that name. I've never seen that before. Yeah, that's the the etymological root of Samuel, my given name. No shit, that's an entomological root. Entomological so root. From, so from yeah. Hebrew? Yeah, that's it, how it's from Hebrew. Oh, it's Hebrew? Shmuel, yes. Cool. Yeah, Shmuel um, yeah. and I go back to like... L, L is God. ...for a long time, uh, okay. where we just found each other on Twitter, and we were talking about it, so I was like, come, join the stream. He's okay. actually heterosexual. He's got two kids. They're adorable. He had them on here before we went oh, live. No, See, this is why I needed this. I had no yeah. idea. And then over here, we got Mr. Frenchport. Uh, over on the other side, uh, we have Front Porch Conservative. His name's Brian. He's been hanging out on our live streams recently. He's uh, another content creator. I'll have his link in the description once yeah, we're Yeah, he's got a microphone. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's a good old Southern gentleman. Very, very fun, man. very chill. Lemonade. Yeah. Uh, and then Cassandra, a.k.a. Star San, she's the cat lady. 
She's yeah. our resident, you know, uh, body positive commentator. I'm the token fat bitch. The token fat bisexual <laughs> bitch. Oh, token token <laughs> Jersey fat bitch. Very Thank you very much. Rhode Island. I knew oh, you. Pardon me. I was gonna say I knew you were tough when I heard Jersey, but Rhode Island, all I know is like those weird big houses in that one town. Yeah. So I don't know. You mean the mansions you. in Newport? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's Rhode exactly. Island was the original tough. We were the last to sign into the union. We got the original right. Okay. I'll have to got that grit. Got some grit on you. Yeah. We're I also like full it. of Italians, so you know. Okay. Sarsan has a channel on YouTube. She does a lot of commentating. I figured uh, if you have a mic, you must have a channel on YouTube. But she does. Like, yeah. My brother just bought a microphone, and he's like, dude, you should get a mic, because he watched one of these episodes. And I was like, well... I don't know about that because I don't know what the first spec is on a mic, but I like yours with the lights, Star Sand. That's exactly uh, why I picked it. Yeah. <laughs> it helps that it's actually a good microphone too, and it does this. Oh, so touch can... control. On she can mute it. Yeah. Yeah. Love when she starts part. swearing, she can just like <laughs> top the button, you know. Shut <laughs> the fuck up sometimes. I have to like hit two buttons on the soundboard to mute our mics or click something on the screen. Yeah, I'm, like, just, when I'm on Zoom calls with my boss and we're in the whole team meeting, I can be like, oh, hold on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Th I'm those impressing Zoom calls, all the people that make made more money than me. <laughs> yeah, th those Zoom calls, I just make sure the volume's working. I can hear what's being talked about. I turn off the camera, I mute the microphone, get up. Take some dishes out of the dishwasher or whatever. You know. That's my move too. Unless like some people are sticklers about that camera, man. They get like they feel like they got the lip filler to put on the camera, and they want everybody else to turn on their camera too. Yeah, but 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 then again, there are moments there are just some people that ought not have a camera on them. Two words: Jeffrey Tubin. Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> just say it. Just say it. Or the masturbation guy? Which one? The masturbation guy. Oh God. <laughs> Why? I mean, I just, okay, okay. Here, here's the story. Yeah, tell us the story. gets themselves into that wanted to, and they secretly still jerk off to it to this day. Yeah, so yeah. back during COVID, the folks, it. it was either the New Yorker, which Tubin writes for, or CNN were having a Zoom meeting, you know, whatever. CNN. Well, well, everyone noticed that Jeffrey seemed to be very short of breath and very sweaty. No one could quite figure out why until it dawned on everybody that Jeffrey was pulling a tubing. Um, they what? caught him in the middle of his morning wank, and he didn't want to stop. He was tired yeah. himself. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he uh, was, um, let's see, raising the bar, I guess is maybe a good way to say it for the meeting or whatever. Um, and uh, he wound up getting a, a pretty indefinite suspension from CNN, and then they brought him back. He's back, baby. He's back. Speaking of, speaking of being back, where the hell have you been? Faggot. He had to get some I had to get water. And a cigarette. Oh. oh, well, okay. I don't have any sticks nearby. <laughs> you know, every time I see you guys light one up, I want to have a cigar. I swear I want. Well, I have do. a cigar. Enjoy yourself. Eh, I should, but. You know. I don't really smoke very much. I do it on a sort of social level. I'm so This is my addiction. What is that? Blistex. <laughs> Blistex. Have you ever seen uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Mm -hmm. Put some Windex on it. This is Windex on it. That movie. I love that. My mom loves that movie, too. It's one of her favorites. I promise Extendo. you. So, Esteno with the don't get me. I think we've exhausted the topic of Born This Gay, have we? Is yeah, there any, I mean, any final words uh, you want to wrap up I mean, with that? Uh, 
I can say a couple of things. Um, no. Another another rhetorical pitfall that I've run into a couple of times is uh, the conflation of naturally intended and naturally occurring. Well, people will use the word natural to address both. So one person will say, well, it's natural for people to be heterosexual and have kids. And then someone else will say, no, it's natural for people to be gay or trans. What they meant naturally occurring and the first person met naturally intended because our genes, our species, yeah. every animal's maxim is intended to propagate the species. So whether or not something's naturally occurring doesn't necessarily mean it's naturally intended. And the other thing I wanted to ask you gays, if I can say that, is say yeah. homosexual. Hold on, hold on. You got to differentiate. We got some New York gays up here. We got some... I'm assuming West Coast gay down West here. Coast, yeah. yeah, he's LA. We're New York. Yeah, All right, you got some LA gay and you got some New York gay up here. So I mean, you know, just 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 saying. I'm it's only uh, coastal gays. <laughs> I'm, from, I'm from Michigan. I'm a I'm a Midwestern boy for the most part. Though. All right, you're you're the one outlier. All right, we got, a Wolverine, ask... we got a Wolverine gay. You know, there you go. <laughs> I, I'm asking as a heterosexual who's I guess you know like all the way in deep because you know Brantley mentioned I have two kids and I'm married. I've been married for four years now. And uh, I remember when I was younger, say an adolescent, I would get like these, uh, say, daydreams of doing something gay. So I'm, the question is, and I, this question is leading somewhere, is do you think homosexual ideation makes someone gay or does it make them bi or what? Well, I mean, as somebody who was raised in a home that was taught you're not supposed to be gay, like I was raised conservative, Catholic, in a mm. heterosexual, healthy heterosexual relationship, my parents. And mm -hmm. I came to it on my own. I didn't know that you could be attracted to girls. I didn't know that was a thing for girls. Mm. And um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't understand it. I was like, well, that's why when I hit about 11 and I really started having these thoughts, um, that was around the time when, of course, when girls hit puberty, they're going to start talking about it at church. And that's when I heard about it. I'm like, well, shit, this is a sim. Well, I ain't talking about it. And I didn't <laughs> want to, like, that was when me already not liking touching people hit, like, overdrive. Like, don't want to hug girls. Don't say I love you. Any you of those do people. owe me a hug, though, when we meet. I'm telling you, you're going to. I'm going to. You're going to get one. Maybe. Gonna, gonna oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like making it known, <laughs> but the point is this, right? And so I do believe that loneliness can spark it. So like for hmm. instance, you'll have a lot of very straight men in prisons or in military situations who will actively do homosexual things and never do it outside of those situations again. I do believe that there is situations where you're lonely, um, when hormones take over. I don't know how old uh, you are, uh, Shmel? Shmuel. Cool. Okay. 35. So you're 35. So I don't know what age you were getting those iterations where you were thinking those things. Um, I would say that as I got older, they got less and less and less. Like once mm. I got away from my 20s, especially, my urges towards women have definitely gone like they have like plummeted. And it is only towards men, especially as I've gotten older, I've found a lot more. Now, I still find women sexually attractive, um, but I only find pretty much my husband attractive. And mm. I don't know if part of that comes into play with hormones. Right. I don't know if it comes into play with mental fortitude. 
Uh, but I would say that for me as a child, I had those ideas all on my own. They came to me and they never went away. And I was raised for a long time thinking that what I was doing was wrong to begin with. And I was kind of really a goody two shoes. If something was wrong, it simply, I simply did not do it. Right. Like that, that was it. And everyone's like, oh, well, that makes you rebellious. No, I never smoked until my father and brother handed me a cigar at 24. And that mm. was because my wedding had to get postponed due to financial issues. And mm. I finally just wanted to break and do it. I didn't sleep with anybody until my wedding night. I didn't go around. So I'm not trying to like praise and be like, oh, I'm such a good person. But it was just like, I do believe that those can naturally occur. Mm. But I do believe it happens due to, again, hormones mixed with loneliness. I did want to touch on what you said, though. I've never thought of it that way. Natural intention rather than natural occurrence. Um, and this, I, Brent and uh, uh, Dan will know I'm going to talk about like, uh, infertility and the the thing they use like to say that a trans uh, woman and an infertile woman are the same thing. I'm going to hmm. use that from now on. A woman is still intended, like the natural intention is to make babies. Right. The natural occurrence might be that she can't. She's still a woman. I, I, want, I want to thank you for that because I was like, that's a great way to put it. I'm going to yeah. use that from now on. Doitashimashite. Doitashimashite. All right, so the second part of the question, because there's a twist, because my personal experience is that those ideations only happen with one man. Okay. Only when I was around him. And I'm not going to name him because, you know, family business, blah, 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 blah. But, see, the, my peculiarity is I remember bits and pieces of my childhood, but right around the time I was, say, six, six seven, eight, I was at a family friend's house, and I remember going into the bathroom and i remember that family friend coming into the bathroom and i remember nothing else wow how old was the family friend uh well they're 20 years my senior okay wow so Ooh, that's wow. the twist because i always wondered in myself um is that happening is that some sort of subconscious reaction because i never i still haven't worked up the courage to directly um, confront them about it because you know would they lie would they break down would they attack me <laughs> you could also i mean if you really wanted to know you could sort of like probe yourself through like meditation and self yeah that's that's what that's what uh, one of my family members said i should try maybe therapy see if someone can help me guide through my subconscious because honestly to me it sounds like a textbook uh um blocking of a yeah. situation no, like, psychological I, blocking I, I've, I was molested for several years and <laughs> there is some of it that I remember, but there's much of it that I actively Buried. don't want to probe because it, it, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah. Now mm -hmm. I say the uh, molestation happened after I already thought girls were kind of cool. Um, mm -hmm. So it was, it's, it stinks. Um, but I will say the fact that you're telling me that they you don't remember anything else, and then the only time when the thing happened was your brain brought them up, your subconscious will tell you things in really weird ways. Right. And it, a lot of times, what is it? It's like, like you said, you've never had the courage, but it sounds like you kind of want that answer, but you're afraid oh. of that answer. Yes. 
So th and then, yeah, I honestly think for you, this could be a textbook. I My brain was too young. You were six or seven years old. Your brain right. was not ready for that situation. And it was outside of any realm of what you were okay with. And so to save yourself for that moment, you were like, nope, didn't happen, doesn't exist, don't want to think about it. But mm. then as you got older and you started thinking about it, it's kind of coming back. That's what it, that's what it seems like to me. And, and that's, yeah, honestly, I it, for me, obviously, I'm a Catholic. I would say, obviously, pray on it. Talk to a priest. Right. I don't know what religion you are. Um, I, I would definitely say if you are a religion, talk to a religious leader about it. Uh, yep. It can help guide you in a spiritual way that helps you rectify and come to terms with whatever you feel on that. Um, and then, yeah, I would, I would say therapy, 100%. Right. Right. So the conclusion of that little little series of questions would be, you know, getting all the all the pro gays upset. That's not the same. You're not gay. Da, 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 da. You're just trying to get on the, the gravy train. Because I don't I don't know. Had circumstances been different, had my not, big brother not been there to be a father figure, because my father left the house when I was six, Ooh. no five five years old. So if my older brother, ten years my senior, hadn't been there to be a father figure, I don't know because it was just my big sister and my mom aside from him mm -hmm. and he really he really stepped up and kind of like reprimanded me and my siblings guided us taught us how to do stuff showed us how to exercise that kind of thing and i like like uh brent and dan mentioned earlier who knows how many people just kind of get accidentally sorted into homosexuality because they didn't have any other guiding posts in their life i don't know I do believe that's and does it turn on a certain gene as well? And once that happens, that I think for the most part would make it an immutable thing. We're not saying it's not right. Immutable. Like we're not saying go try to turn gay people straight. That's not what we're saying. From what but we understand, does not work. If there is a set of ideal circumstances that you can encourage in the, in future generations so that they don't turn out gay, that's you, preferable. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to? Right. You yeah. should do that. So I'm going to make the argument that that is the ethical choice. That is the that is the morally that's the morally imperative choice. Sounds like you just hate right. yourself, Brent. I don't. Right. I don't really. But I, I wouldn't wish it on some young child if they have the the potentiality to be attracted to women and pair bond with women and make a family. That's that sounds right. like uh, you grow yeah. up like that. Like that was a good point, Brent. You know what I mean? Like. Would you wish this on a child? Yeah. That's the way I, I wish somebody would have framed that earlier because, like, hmm. great like way to just be like. There are people. there are people that are actively not only wishing it on it, but like pushing. Oh, yeah. it. I mean, they are praying that their children are gay, and the, the thing is, like, I it doesn't to... make any sense to me because, like, I, number one, I'm listening, I get it. You want inclusion. You want to feel love, but at the same time, like. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, like, why you want to wish them, because at the end of the day, a lot of uh, gay folks that I've spoken to, obviously, people in this uh, uh, chat as well, it just sounds like taking that path always leads to some kind of issue. I don't know a single person who is gay that has never had trouble with the community or going to hmm. really gay places and spaces and uh, it just all over. I don't know why you'd want that on kids. I wish health and happiness on my kid if I had ever had them. And 
just doesn't make any sense to wish gayness on them because then you're just as bad as the parents that are like my firstborn will be a priest my my secondborn daughter will be a nun and, and, and they are going to do that and then my child is going to marry at 18 they're going to have two and a half kids like it's the same exact thing same thing yeah. so i wanted just, i wanted mm. to bring up um a point that gay toad has brought up before our friend ricky you guys probably know him on twitter but he talked about, you know, when he talked to his parents after he came out, and this is how he sort of views it, like what a lot of parents go through when they find out their kid is gay. Mm. In their head, parents do have this vision of a future for you that right. they hope to see you manifest. They want you to be happy. They want you to have a family. They want you to feel fulfilled. And when they find out you're gay, there is sort of a period where they are mourning the death of that idea of how they imagined your life to be. And they're also worried that you're going to face certain particular problems and struggles that a parent obviously is not going to want to wish on their kid. They would prefer their kid not have to go through those things. So yeah. there's a mourning period for a lot of parents of, of just accepting that the future of your kid is they're still going to have a future. It's just not going to be the one you imagined for them. It's going to be a different time. And that's scary for a parent. It's scary for a parent. And we have to definitely have a bit of sympathy for parents. It's who a grace to for them to go through that, right? Like, that's another yeah. thing that I was trying to hit on. Dan, you were like, so, I feel like you're in my brain tonight, brother. Like, I love like, you, buddy. You keep, like, you keep like hitting on all these points that I wish I had, like, written down and like could be like well see these stuff <laughs> like, it was like give me it was 24 hours ago i fucked up and tweeted some shit and you stimulated this conversation yeah. like this conversation wouldn't be happening in this yep. way if not for your tweet. I, thought that tweet was flop. I was like man this thing's eight thousand characters no one's gonna read this shit and i was like post it 50 likes like done like you know what i mean we'll get a little bit of discussion amongst the gcs <laughs> and then like <laughs> you got hundreds on it and i do think you touched on a lot of points and also you don't have to add every caveat like brent said people yeah, learn how to supply their own not so we communicate we communicate generalities That's i can't kind of, focus yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying, like, this is how humans talk. We talk about yeah. the, the general, and yes, there are always exceptions and caveats and yeah. little things that apply. <laughs> like, otherwise, we can't talk. Like, like, and there are people that like to use those little things to shut conversation down and yeah. to prevent mm -hmm. you from talking because they, they're having an emotional reaction and they can't handle the conversation. It's just like, sweetie, mute me, block me, just yeah. look, scroll past, <laughs> grass. Like, if mm. the internet is making you, like, feel this way, like, you probably should yeah. take a break. And having these conversations, it, it doesn't make me hate myself. It doesn't make me want to fucking, like... <laughs> You know, like die or whatever. Like I, I don't I even do think we need interest. But the, like, the, those are just those are again lie weapons that yeah. people deploy when they have a negative emotional reaction in order to cease the stimulating the stimulus that is the negative. They just want the conversation to stop and to go away because it's causing them bad feelings inside. That, yeah. Yeah. Because then they have cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just the problem. Immaturity. I mean, you're you're immature. Like we have a we have an epidemic of immaturity. We have an epidemic of people that can't critically think. Um, and we have, you know, like a large swath of the population that are just NPCs. They 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 need Ooh, to climb on yeah. external tribal structure in order to find meaning and find a path in life. And they can't sort of branch out and chart their own course and think independently and think critically and challenge deeply held beliefs. They don't have that ability. It's like a mutant power. Like we have it, they don't. That's just the way it is. And I like, think Storm asked what an NPC is. Non-playing character. It's like a background character in a video game that's 
pre-programmed to engage in a very specific limited set of options. Limited dialogue tree. They can only limited say certain dialogue, things. Limited mm -hmm. action. They, they don't have the full range of what a playing character in the game can do. They are not society, strong with the force. Society of a, a lot of society of a, Oh, go ahead. Society of a, of a certainty has been deliberately and systematically demoralized and infantilized. Yes. And we're dealing we're dealing with all the people who never grew up. Um, absolutely. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Their Hogwarts letter is never coming and they have to come to terms with that. And she makes a point. I have and to this, I'm actually making that. a shirt about it because it's it's that bad. This yeah, is a lot of a people who grew up being told they were going to change the world and yeah. suddenly realized the world didn't fucking need them. And so yeah. the problem you have here is this is a lot of people who sit in this glittery little bubble where they believe they are the champion. They are out to save everyone. And now you have to you have to poke at that little bubble a little bit. And this is why yeah. we say they don't like this. Is the same reason why we haven't done a lot of research on transgenderism and all the different operations and the different plastic surgeries because if you poke it too much and you start questioning it too much well now they have to start thinking is everything i'm doing a lie like again you know you could i say it all the time with all these different ideologies copy and paste copy and paste you can take yeah. this exact same idea yeah. to anything going on right now but this is the problem these are people who their entire identity are these battles that they're fighting, yeah. these invisible mm. fake battles that they are creating out of nowhere, these invisible fake things that they are feeling, but they have nowhere else to put all these emotions. They have nowhere else to put them. They have to have that dragon. They have to have that Voldemort. They have to have something to go after because if they don't, then all they have is their crystals and their patchouli and an empty room. Hey. Don't shit talk patchouli. That's fucking all I want. California hit <laughs> right, right I, I wanted to touch on. Now I feel attacked. <laughs> I wanted to touch on a bit more on the immaturity thing and the infantilization culture that Shmuel brought up, and I think this does particularly affect gay men. Uh, probably lesbians as well, but gay men in particular. And it goes back to what we we're saying earlier and the fact that we're not going to father our own children, typically. That's mm. not typically the case for us. And when children come into the picture, a lot typically, again, supply your own, not alls. Not every adult will rise to the occasion and be a good parent. Typically, it matures someone. It makes them get their shit together. They have to absolutely they have to put themselves second now because now this being you are raising comes first, and it forces you to have to change and to grow up in certain ways. Gay men typically do not have that experience suddenly thrust upon them. Don't have that pressure. So there is no pressure for them to grow up. And obviously, again, supply your own metals. I'm not saying all gay men are like this, but a lot will continue that party lifestyle well into their 30s, 40s, 50s, even some of them. And they don't settle right. down with another man. They they don't. And even, and or they even, do, even like, when they do, it's they an do, open situation. They're still doing all the stuff. So there, there's no incentive to mature. And also, like, women mm. are forced to men. Women do keep men in check in certain ways. And you kind of need that. And yes, men are hornier. We know this. So when you throw a bunch of them together and they want to sleep with each other, they're less likely to say no. So of course there's more promiscuity and things like that. And it's like a lot of that is just bio biological when you look at it. It's, yeah. You know, yes, we can look at the moral implications of it all. 
But I just wanted to bring that up because I think it is an important point. Like, I do think there is a higher level of immaturity. And I'm not saying I'm exempt from this. Like, I've, it's taken me a long time to grow up in certain ways in my own life. And I'm willing to see that and acknowledge it. And to acknowledge the fact that not having kids and not having to have a family is part of the I reason. Mean, I'll just, I'll raise wasn't my, I think pressure. I'm very immature yeah. for a 40-year-old. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I'm 35, but I'm like 25. I'm like, <laughs> don't, don't worry, guys. It's, it's everybody. It's uniformly distributed. I, I'm a kid at heart too. I do. I do think there's a societal thing, like when you mentioned that there's a general coddling of our society in general, and in sure. organization. And I do think that that's accurate. But I'm just saying, I think it affects the gay men in particular more yeah. for certain reasons. And we brought this up on the show before. It's not the first time. Shut up! I guess. Everything you say, you have to caveat. Get to Most people don't hey, know you know, what that means. It's true. And here's the thing with what. Shmuel? Well, Shmuel. Yeah. Shmuel. Ah, I did it right. Uh, he, he said it earlier, and, and I can say it like this. So how many times have you guys heard, heard this? So you want people to suffer? You want people to struggle? Very feminine response. Sorry. And, it, it's a very, and when people ask me that, my gut reaction is fuck yes but then I, the thing is, like, <laughs> I love you <laughs> well, why so i am third generation off the boat right both no. sets of grandparents no. all came from italy um, um my no. parents are second gen on the third and here's what i will tell you i had a lot of hard times in my life and i'm so grateful for them especially because like so uh, again I don't realize how, like, look, the, uh, everyone I'm around has passports, and I, I, that was a, I'll eventually get one, because that's expensive, I have to wait for that, everyone else I know has one, yeah. um, everyone else I know has done, family, like, like, all these different things, and I'm not saying it to be like, oh, I'm a poor little child, but it, it's more along the lines of, None of these people understand that struggle makes you a stronger person. You can roll with the punches when shit gets hard. Like uh, uh, Dan and Brent know a lot of what I've gone through. We've talked about it off camera fairly often. And so they understand it. I much would rather know that I've gone through all those things, had yeah. all those problems. Yeah. And I'm still able to do and make other people think that I'm successful. So obviously I'm doing something right. <laughs> Look, a good, honestly, sword, you know, a good sword is forged in fire. It's got to get hot. It's well, nobody wants to be forged in anything but pillows these days. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and my pillows to boot. I'm fucking <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Use your keys of cotton. <laughs> That reminded me of the racist school trip. You never, you never seen it? Oh my God, guys. If you ever want to get a laugh, look up the most racist uh, field trip. Well, I wanted to actually, I wanted to read. Who has a kid playing picking cotton? I oh wanted to, to share a thread because there's another topic that I wanted to talk about in relation to all the gay stuff. And I wrote a brief thread about this earlier, and I kind of wanted to bring it up just to see what you guys thought, my fellow homos in here. So I said, <clears throat> I said, it took me a long time to come to terms with my sexuality, and I still struggle sometimes, but I'm a better, in a better place now. What's so ironic, though, is that the people who've shown the least amount of patience and compassion are those who should understand the most of mm. other gay men. 
right you don't come to terms with it immediately or as fast as they did and especially if you don't show pride which i don't think is necessary many across the political spectrum will treat you like garbage and show zero sympathy for what you are going through at your own pace if you express any difficulties you're dealing with or vulnerable thoughts related to your sexuality, you're crucified by gay ink trademark. And even if you have accepted yourself but simply ask certain questions about homosexuality, you're accused of still hating yourself. Yeah, right? It's... You can I my mind, brother. That because this has been my experience, you know, when I've expressed vulnerable things and thoughts like, hey, I wish I had a family or I wouldn't have chosen this or and it's like I'm I've accepted myself, but I still have those thoughts, you know, and it's not like I don't live my life. I don't let it stop me from doing what I'm doing to pursue love, all that stuff. But I have those thoughts. And when I express those things, you'd think the people who would understand the most and show the most compassion would be other men struggling with their sexuality. But when they put all of those questions aside and they just say, I'm happy, 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 you're not yeah. allowed to burst that bubble. You're or the ones that are happy, happy, happy. Like, how the fuck you do it, buddy? Like, why are you acting like how a dick? Do it? Yeah, and they put they drugs. But they <laughs> like, me out then. like if you got it when you were 13, exactly you were really good weed honestly though a lot of the compassion that Cooking i have alcohol, gotten really. from people who really try to understand to well, why stop there why not just drop acid we're, we're straight people Rooms. dmt no sorry but like straight people were mostly the people who i would say were there for me more than anyone and tried to understand and to console me and to show compassion with yeah. what i was dealing with struggling and coming to terms with a lot of gay men will shun me for bringing those things up and i'm not yeah. obviously again supply your own models let me know when you're back i, have, own, I have gay friends who've been there for me obviously and will talk to me about these things Shut but a lot of them have shown vitriolic responses when you openly express stuff like this and I wonder again, why. that's because you're questioning it and if you're questioning it and still okay with being yourself you put up to them can, can we what if i'm not right that's that's the problem right there they don't want to ever think it could be wrong and part and part and the other part of it too is and this isn't just confined to any one particular community it could be in the straight community the homosexual community the hive mind mentality everybody's mm. got to act the same think the same be the same yeah. whatever and when you dare step out of line oh no 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 you have to be put down and you know it's I mean, Storm, you mentioned there something. Was a response, sorry, but there was a response I got that's kind of along those lines from someone. There was actually one good point made, and this point I thought was a stupid point from someone, because but he was kind of proving my point. I don't know this person, but he responded on Twitter. He said, I understand why, because generally insecure men project their insecurity to other men and lower our collective status. Past the age of 22, no one has patience. You're a grown adult. My response was, no individual is responsible for the collective status of gay men. This is that thing that they do, like, that's like, well, there was the same thing we talked about, like, uh, on Tuesday, or what was that, Monday night? We, like, said that, like, they be, or when we were talking about the gay marriage stream, like, we don't have the power to, like, yeah. change the warp, the field of reality such that we are now <laughs> declaring that this is the way. Like, people, just because we're having a conversation, we're playing with ideas, we're considering yeah. different or possibilities. We're expressing legitimate vulnerabilities that we have. That does not mean we are lowering the collective status of all gay men. That's not my responsibility. 
I'm sorry, mm. it is not. I'm an individual person. I'm not part of your collective that the status I have to maintain by, by waving a flag and pride. You'll be pride assimilated. Yeah. Mm. And then <laughs> this was another interesting point. Resistance is futile. This was another interesting point someone brought up that I do think is also a valid thing to consider. <laughs> um, he said he agreed with me, but he also said I have one exception. Gay men who married women and had children in the past 30 years when homosexuality <clears throat> was totally acceptable and then come out later and leave their wife and kids. He said no mm. compassion for these guys. And I said, yeah, that's fucked up. I mean, well, but I, mean I, but I, I know. honestly agree, though, because at that point, once you have, you knew what you were. Yeah. You committed mm. to a relationship with someone. You bonded yourself to that person. You bonded their finances, their legalities, their bills, their yeah. home, their yeah. cars. Everything they have is bonded to you. <clears throat> you raise children in that home. And then you choose to be selfish and turn around and yeet because now no longer you get a boner for your wife, but you were able to have a boner enough to make the kids. No, fuck you. Been you were able to do it once. Now I'm like, I'm going to here and mull this over Shit. like that that's my thing it's the same reason why i get mad when someone who's got <clears throat> kids decides they want to transition later no mm -hmm. you had your chance <laughs> you live your life for your kids yeah, you already have your role children yeah but you know but just to balance it out a bit like i did say people do go through this stuff at their own pace and there could be very particular reasons and circumstances as to why someone ended oh, so up marrying not... very young and staying in the marriage and this and this and that and then maybe the kids grew up and then later they they come out and decide to break from the relationship that's a different scenario too obviously than doing it when the kids are still young. yeah there's no like one pattern on there is that. no one pattern but that's my point is like people are going to still go through this at their own pace i'm not going to make excuses for people who marry and then divorce and all of that later but just i'm i'm speaking to other gay men now and i'm saying when other when other gay men express certain difficulties they're going through about feeling gay once in a while oh god i wish i had kids or you know i wouldn't have chosen this when they express thoughts like that you listen you show compassion you show understanding or just scroll past or it. scroll past it if it bothers you <laughs> nasty cunt but about the fact it, that like they, they get so cunty that they they say these horrible things oh yeah about you i'm just like and they get real nasty in the I, dms too it's like dude like i get more compassion <laughs> really excited more, really from people unlike me, I get more compassion about expressing yeah. those things, and I don't. I don't understand why it's that way. Yeah. I think we're touching because on you're, it, you're but, holding you're yeah. holding up a mirror to thoughts that Perhaps. they themselves Perhaps. have had and sort of rejected and repressed. Yeah, and they don't want to consider. They don't want. They don't want to experience what you're experiencing. Yeah. So they react negatively or, you know, in order to re like. There probably it. are a few, I'm sure, who legitimately have no interest in kids. And yeah, that's the thing. I think there are people just they they aren't interested in having kids at all. That's so fine. They're speaking from a place of bias. Obviously, this is not something you're going to understand. It's not going to bother you. And you're going to be like, great, I'm gay. I don't want kids anyway. You right. know? Is like allow other people the space to express how they feel about some of this shit without just shutting them down and, and accusing them of all this shit. And even if they do hate themselves, like maybe help them a bit to work through that instead of just saying, well, fuck you, you're setting us all back collectively. Like, bitch, no one's responsible for us collectively. Well, right? Some people, like, like there was a clear spectrum of people that were saying things, right? Like there are some people who are just like, haven't, I just maybe haven't been alive long and I don't know what it is, but like just, aren't, you know what I mean? Just yeah. aren't ready to even have a serious discussion with so it's like a mute button. And then there's some people that are like surprisingly like you are otherwise based and kind of smart. 
like and by kind of smart like smarter like i can't keep up with you most of the time you know mm -hmm. so, like, so like you know it's just it, like i don't know because for me i don't know for for you dan i just like literally just kind of read your first tweet well while we were talking here and but so i don't know what kind of response you got but for me it was like largely overwhelming so i feel like a little bit like a like you know a, a just whining complaining to talk so much about the negative but like it was like overwhelmingly positive for me like it was it was nice you know what i mean like most of it but like the negative shit was like just a little bit of what i would expect and then like a lot of like what i would have expected from people who i wouldn't have expected it from yeah you know what i mean like so it's like oh you guys are otherwise really fucking smart people i thought and then like here i like express something and you instantly like i like you know i just don't know how you landed on this lily pad you know what i mean like yeah well a lot of gay men obviously they will sympathize and i'm not saying they won't but i'm saying the ones who are the nastiest when yeah. you express those things are other gay men as yeah, yeah exactly exactly Again, but that's because what you're doing is you're challenging their reality. And so it's, and again, I, I say all the time, copy and paste, copy and paste. It's like people, when you talk about losing weight, you can't talk about that because then if you want to lose weight or if you want to do that, well, what does that mean about me? You're telling yeah. me that I'm wrong, yeah. that what I have in my life is wrong, that the way I'm, that's <laughs> what they're hearing. When you say that, they're not hearing Dan is questioning what's going on in his life. And Dan feels bad about it. They're hearing Dan is saying that my lifestyle is bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dan is saying that I've got to stop him. Yeah. And that's the thing. This again falls right back into the Hogwarts letter. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. you are fighting against them. You are making them be the champion. And so, you know, we sit there and we hear all the time, you know, there are these uh, people on Twitter. They're very bold. They love to sit there and say that they will end game people, that they will grape people, that they'll do all these different things to people. And they think it's just fine if mm -hmm. you don't believe in gay rights. Mm -hmm. They're fine with that, but they're the same people that would say, how, how can you not love gay people? How can you not accept us? We just want to exist. But then the rhetoric backwards is, we will literally torture, maim, hurt, and do any other atrocity to you until you comply. Mm -hmm. yeah. yes. you see, the, um, the beatings uh, will continue until morale improves. Until yeah. morale. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of uh, who is the TikToker? Oh. Jeffrey, whatever the hell his name is. Oh, Marsh. Oh, Jeffrey Marsh. Oh, yeah, he had that one oh, video I... where he was just like, you will us. You will Oh, right, right. And he's like, Yes. Yup. We are inevitable. Remember when they, yep. they, they were you are they insufferable. The San, the San Francisco gay man's choir being like, We will convert your children. We're coming for your children. And then they got like a negative reaction and they were like, oh, why? Yeah. And it's like, dude, it's like you knew you were being provocative, except that. Like you did it to be provocative, except it. Don't blame <laughs> That. Provocative is one thing. There right. was downright like children of the corn kind of shit. <laughs> they're like threat. They're, they're being threatened. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, people make this argument against Tacos. Storm too and Brent. You know, because Brent, when he tweeted about marriage, he said Stephen Cope. Storm, you said this is going to piss off everyone. So I knew. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it piss off both sides. Like, but what they're saying is like, why are you acting surprised that people are upset? It's like no one's acting surprised. We're responding to you. Well, I am actually surprised because, to be honest, like, like you also, there's, there's a part of you that obviously 
smart people would be. I was like, wow, you're fucking smart. You're smarter than me. Like, you're brilliant. You obviously knew that people would get ticked off by it. Scared to post it. Like, I knew people yeah. were not <clears throat> thrilled with it. But, like, I also thought, like, yeah, well, the smart people know that this is, like, something that can't be talked about. This is up in the air. Yeah. And then, like, I was just like, man, okay, well, aside from, like, some really smart people that, you know what I mean, that aren't the gays, <laughs> like, like, apparently we're not really here the yet. Gays. You cannot be controversial unless you're crying into your echo chamber. And the thing is, like, mm. that, that's the biggest problem they're having is, like, they want you to think for yourself. They want you to be controversial. Hold on now. If you're going to be controversial, you have to say the exact same controversial things that we already say. Yeah, right. Um, but everyone already agreed. We're already all, okay, we're all fine with it. All right, you can say that. All right, you can say that. Don't say nothing else. You, that, that's how they are. They turn around, they ask the collective for all their votes. They get everyone together, and then they go, all right, now you can say your piece. Like, that's, that's how they do. Yeah. Your, your, Hogwarts, your Hogwarts analogy works so well. And an, another piece of uh, modern media, I think, uh, exemplifies this. I don't know if you guys watch Game of Thrones. I couldn't stomach it watching it, really, because I only got the few, few first few episodes. Last but the, slay, the slaves of the... <laughs> my bad. The slaves I'm of the Dothraki... The slaves of the of the Dothraki have a phrase. They say, "It is known." It is known. It's, yeah. We do not question this. It is known. It is known. Yeah. And uh, the first time I, I I personally experienced that it is known, uh, juxtaposed with the what Storm was talking about with a usually you're so smart. Well, why are you in a tizzy over this? Is when I was um, starting to question my own faith, and just you know starting to probe questions, just probing a pastor, elder you know, go online and ask questions. And I would start to notice that people would really get like hot around the neck around yes. the foundational beliefs. Mm -hmm. And to me, uh, it, it didn't deter me. It just showed me that people weren't believing it. They were, they were using it as a proxy for their identity. Yeah. And if you attack their identity, it's literally a a self-preservation reaction to say, I must protect myself. Stay away from that. Get out. Yeah. And it's the, it's the same thing with all these other, and, you know, we mentioned the infantilization of society earlier. And an, another thing that that happens is, I mentioned before the in-group, out-group psychology, the weakest of society must adhere to the collective because on their own, they would die. So they evolutionarily, they, they must say what the tribe says. They must do what the tribe does. And what we've had happen recently in, in, in modern technology is they hijacked the two generations straight and said, this is a narrative. This will keep you safe. Deviate from this and you will die. And that's why they're reacting. That's why they're all being all cunty in the DMs because they're literally believe subconsciously they're defending their life. Yeah, I literally believe it too. Like it sounds like what you are saying might be like you know hyperbole, but it's like it's a literal belief, and like that's the challenging part. Is like you know you can mock it, which is what I usually choose to do because it's funny for me. But like also it's like oh, this is a real belief. You know what I mean? So like somebody's got to right. like thunk them on the forehead, and like metaphorically, obviously, but like you know what I mean? Like a good thunk on the forehead is sometimes a right. best cure. And a lot of these kids, like or not kids, but people. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Like, they truly believe it. And then it's like, man, they're just sucked in. It's like just a on a digital scale. Like, right. That's the word. 
They're Here. afraid of everything they've known. They've been raised in this SJW uh, uh, warrior mind. And again, it's just like he said, we've been infantilized. We've been spoon-fed stuff. There are so many people, like if you just watch the general collective of people don't even know who the current president is. That's just across the board. They, they're not we are not taught to choose to search out true information. We are taught that the information we are given is as good as what's right there in front of us. And if we seek it any further, why are you starting in trouble? Why are you stirring the pot? Why are you questioning this stuff? Why are you trying to be dramatic? Oh, you're always thinking this shit. And, and we do not we even need to have this conversation. And we, it, and we do not teach people how to think. Do we even need to talk about this? We already talked about this like decades ago, Storm. Yeah, and we decided we didn't go down and we still don't know how it in 30 years. Give it rest. Yeah, we do not teach people how to think. We really don't. It's yes. one of my one of my favorite stories growing up. Um I'm probably everybody in here is familiar with the author C.S. Lewis. Yes. Mm -hmm. When Lewis was a very young man, his parents sent him to a tutor in uh, Surrey, England. A gentleman by the name of William Kirkpatrick, very famous atheist in his day. Mm, sounds like privilege. I don't know that we can continue this conversation. Oh, oh it's, it's dangerous rhetoric, don't you know? Um, but, so, the parents, so the parents say goodbye to C.S. Lewis, and Kirkpatrick is walking along with his new, his new pupil, and Lewis made the remark in his autobiography that he had been raised on what he called cocktail conversation. So to start off trying to impress his new tutor, he said, my, the scenery here in Surrey is wilder than I expected. Kirkpatrick threw out his arm, hit Lewis square in the chest, almost knocked him down, turned, bored into him and said, on what, sir, do you base the proposition that the scenery here is wild. <laughs> well, Lewis was just flabbergasted. He's like, well, I did not have to base my comment on anything. But Kirkpatrick wouldn't let it go. He just mm. kept on with this for like 10 minutes. Did you base it on topographical maps? Did you base it on eyewitness accounts? Did you base it on... Well, finally, Lewis threw up his hands and said, well, I didn't base it on anything. Kirkpatrick said the following, and I quote, do you not realize then that you had nothing of significance to contribute to the conversation and therefore never should have said anything in the first place and walked off? <laughs> and Lewis was, he's like, but for the next six years, this is what Kirkpatrick did for me. He sharpened me to a razor where mm -hmm. I was required to think and to defend whatever proposition I laid out because... In Kirkpatrick's mind, human speech should only be used for the propagation of the truth. Hmm. And I went, no, I that ain't happening today. I Not agree that kind of education. I, I, love, so I, I, love, I love that story, and I agree with this, but I just want to say sometimes I just want to shit post. I'm sorry. Right, so Nothing wrong with that either. <laughs> so I actually have a phrase. You're immature. Me know. That I actually play off of that. Okay. And my phrase is this. The reason why I always seem like I'm right is because if I'm wrong, I don't open my mouth. Yeah. I thought women I mean, were always right. That's, and that's what we do. We know better than to open our mouths when we're wrong because then later you can use it against us. We don't want that. Wait, can you say it one more time because I haven't been drinking and now I need to bank it. <laughs> so I have a phrase. Everyone always gets always mad at me. like I'm right because if I'm wrong, I won't speak. Wait, exactly. That's the thing. Sassy. 
a lot of my friends come to me for advice and usually one of my favorite things to say is i told you so uh-huh. because <laughs> if i don't believe that i would be right i go and i shut my mouth yeah. my husband knows the number one way to get me to agree with him is to logic me give me that logic just say cassie didn't really? you just say you're oh yeah 100 i'm speaking from somebody that has five sisters i'm saying that's easy if you can just not you can skip emotions and go straight to logic <laughs> that's, that's not neurotypical no, I'm, I'm i'm a, a neurodivergent okay yeah but yeah, no in all seriousness does that mean like clinically retarded and today yeah. <laughs> me too like if uh, i was spectrum uh, so I'd be considered retarded. But yeah, like in all seriousness, 90s style retarded. A lot of people um sit there and they get mad like, oh Cassie always says she's right. Cassie always acts like she's right. Because I know better than to speak <laughs> on shit. I don't know. I can't years and never realized this. It's like, of course. People, yeah, people don't think about it that way. My husband knows as soon as like again, like so for instance, if I'm like, I really want a Dunkin' Donuts, my husband just says, Look at me and go, babe. Didn't you just get through saying I shouldn't be buying snacks and that we should be saving money? And didn't you say you needed to cut down your calories? <laughs> but Duncan. Nope. And then I go. Yep. Yep. And I might know, and I might play on my phone, but damn it, he's right. Yeah, that's, that's, like, I mean, the fact that you guys can say that's a healthy relationship because, like, my mind instantly goes to if some motherfucker tells me not to get Dunkin', I swear to God, yeah, <laughs> like, you're out. You're out. <laughs> no, but that's the thing, like, done. now I want donuts. Take it back. Shut up, fatty. <laughs> now, now, Miss, now, Miss Cassandra, let me ask you a question. Yes. In, mo- in moments like that, when your husband has, shall we say, painted you into a corner, are the favorite words that he loves to hear? Honey, you're right. And that, now, and, and the next question is, does he accept that graciously? Or is he one of those, oh, what did you say? What? What? Oh, no. He he will, because I'll be like, no. He's like, no, you got to give me that one. Say it. Say it. Oh! I was right. Oh. Oh, my husband. You got a my scoreboard. My, my husband's so bad about it that my, all right. So my mother has already passed away. But one day, I don't even know what the fuck it was. We were having an argument. It was a petty one, like a joking one. And my mother happened to bear witness to it. It's very rare. We don't do that in front of each other, in front of, in front of anybody. And then it turned out that I was wrong and he was right. My husband took out his phone, put on the recorder, had my mother say into the phone the date, the time, the location, and oh. say, I saw Cassandra was wrong and and my mom did it the whole thing so when you want to know if my husband is petty 100% no you call that petty I call that ruthlessly efficient (laughs) (laughs) you know why he had to record it because it's so rare that he is yeah, mic drop, boom. <laughs> we had an interesting question in the chat. Sessinal uh, asked if we think that there are bisexual people who identify as gay, and if so, for what reasons? Maybe because they're just they are bisexual, but they choose to not act. I mean, on I can I can raise my hand. Attraction to women. I'm actually yeah. That's that's my situation. But like, how often is your attraction to women? I, I the way I describe it is I'm attracted to about one out of every ten thousand women, and Fred, like I'm married. Stop. Every hundred men. Fred, I'm married. Stop. 
Like I'm like 99% gay with like that 1% like, Maybe. Uh, maybe there's a frack. Yeah, yeah, question: Why do you? Why do you? Need I've done it. You know, I'm not a. I'm not a gold star gay. I, I have had sex oh. with women. I I'm not a gold bisexual. star gay either, and I feel like a lot of gays are on this like, oh, you're bisexual then. And I want like, to be honest. I don't give a fuck, and I'm not gonna sit here like, it's a, like I don't give a fuck if you think yeah. I'm bisexual because I, you know, or what word we call ourselves. We're not like that. Like I don't. Bisexuals care. were told we didn't exist for a long time, so a lot of them will just rather. <laughs> Is that like is that why people keep it hidden? Is because like is there is biphobia, which is a new concept? Um, so no, it's not new because there's a lot of girls I know. Straight who women will not, will not date a girl that with a man, yeah. and there's a lot of men I know who will not sleep with a man that slept with a woman. Yeah, so I, I, it's, I know that too. Yeah, to be, and no. so that's the thing. You've got a lot of bisexual people who. Um, Oh, these, okay. these, obviously, yeah. Just, yeah, the gay people don't want anything to do yeah. with them for the longest time. They didn't exist to the gay population. Yeah. Now they want them because it's more to the army. But, There's, yeah. You know, well, I they, think they it's view them as like gay in denial, certain people. Right, yeah, that's, I know. I've been told, sides. They get that I've been told that I'm not really <laughs> bi. I picked a side. I'm, I was just a horny hetero. That's what I was yeah. told. Well, and, yeah. and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. It just means I was someone who didn't want to be a hoe, but that's okay. And then on the other side, a lot of people are like, oh, you picked a man because you were ashamed to try for a woman. No, because I didn't want to be the dude in the relationship. Yeah. That's the only reason. <laughs> Look at me. We know I wouldn't be the lipstick part. Can I say this? Um, are you actually, like, and I am generally mostly retarded. I mean that. Like, I don't claim to be a smart person. But, like, I did actually take um, a lot of anthropology because it just worked out in my schedule in high school or in college. So I have, like, enough anthropology credits to have a minor. See? But one of my... One of my um, see? I didn't get a minor in it, though, but I did take a anthropology electives. Yeah, it just happened to work out. I had no interest in it, and it was just like... And then I got the same, like, Professor King over and over again. But one of her things was, like... Um, you know, and I don't, like, I don't know, I'm not making the case, I'm kind of asking the question, it's like, you know, males are kind of more set in their sexuality, not 100%, but they are set in their sexuality. Generally, yeah, men have have a less plastic sexuality than females. Right. It's like, it's a physical drive or something, and then women are more like, their sexuality is more based on emotion or something, so, so like, women have a higher tendency or an easier propensity to be bisexual or develop bisexual feelings than men do. do you, like, do you think that's, do you think there's something there? And then, like, if that's the case, like, do you think it's easier to be accepted as a bisexual woman than, like, as well, a that's, I think so, yeah. We should, we should first, like, discuss the, the elephant in a room that is lesbians that had sexual trauma from a man at some point in their development. Because yeah. that, mm. that's very common. It does happen. At least but, in my experience well, communicating with lesbians. But to answer the question, I do, I do think it is more taboo for men to sleep with men. Than for women to have fooled around with women. Yeah, yeah I think I've it's been, it's always it's has been homosexuality between men has always been the most taboo. It's I kissed a girl and I liked it. Girls, uh, girls gone wild. Yep. Uh, yeah. Girls went through her experimental experimental stage. Yep. It is more acceptable that a girl will, as Storm is saying, be more promiscuous with women. And that's almost seen as not sex at all. More is yeah. just she's exploring herself. Yep. She's right. finding it's her hot. self. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they do say it's hot. Right. No, I no, mean it's hot. Right. the approval of, of you know, like I mean there's a lot of approval for it, right? Social approval when when men are like, Oh no, this is sexy. It's female privilege. But I don't want to say that because I don't like you know what I mean, like 
Oh, it's real. It's a real thing. slur to gay men only. And I had so many lesbians back. No, it's to us too. And I was like, okay. Like, I don't, like, I don't even want to try to weigh the measures of who had it worse. I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm just saying, like... The only gay. people that don't accept bisexual women are gay and gay, the gay community themselves. Yeah. That, that's it. Everyone right. else is all straight for people, it. Straight people, too, sometimes they get a little biphobic. Like, yes. we have Airhead Addict in the comments saying, he, he said, <laughs> biphobic in dating because it's a risk and his straight female friends would clown him. It is. I do agree. A guy could never say it. But again, this is female privilege. A man can't say to a woman, I want to marry a woman, but yes, I've been with men. But a woman can say, yeah, I fooled around with some girls. Yep. Yeah, back in college. This is correct. They've even they've done surveys on this, too, where they've asked heterosexual women if they would date a guy who has slept with a guy before. And I think it was something like 60% of them or something said they would not. So a lot, a lot of bi men or men who even just had one or a few sexual experiences with a man, they will keep that to themselves typically because they feel like it, it's going to limit their dating pool. Yeah. And I understand what Airhead here is saying. I've been in a situation with a man who's mostly straight. I'll just leave it there. Um, I get the... Faggot. Faggot. I get the um, the anxiety that gay men have toward dating someone who could possibly have the option of a family available to them, a traditional family. And that person might change their mind, leave a relationship, and, and decide that that's what they want truly. So I think a lot of gay men have anxiety even giving a bi man a chance because they feel mm. like that risk is always going to be there, that they are going to leave them for a woman. And this is why a lot of the heterosexual women feel the same about a bi man too because they feel like well what if he has that urge again and decides he wants that and then i can't give that to him is he going to do it behind my back or leave me to mm. go with a man etc etc i'm valid not saying questions. it's right or wrong i'm saying valid i'm questions. saying this is why people have but that's I mean, I mean you can fucking communicate with the person and be like yeah. these are my concerns like sure. adults you know like hey i'm having emotions let's talk about them yep. and you know work through the situation and as opposed to having a child just be like oh, i don't want to deal with it and running away but that's just my two cents <laughs> having emotions just now just now you mentioned um, dealing things with as adults and um, something I recently learned. Uh, I took a firearms course and hell yes. Um, thank you. And uh, one of the stats that I already knew before I took it was that um, licensed gun owners are five times less likely to commit crimes than even off-duty cops. And one of the reasons that is is because citizens who take the responsibility of concealing have also the responsibility of seeking conflict resolution. Mm -hmm. And the point I'm getting to is that I was taught in the class that there's three ego states. There's parent ego state, child ego state, and adult ego state. Parent ego state is the one that wants to control what people see, hear, and do. Don't do that. Don't you know better than that? The child state is, get away from me. I want this. This is mine. Back off. And the adult ego state is the one that seeks to resolve, resolve conflicts, the one that talks in our, we. What can we do about this? How do we fix this? How do we fix it? Now, this is what you always do to me, or I'm tired of you. That's very interesting. Actually, it, it makes sense, too, because I feel like someone who's trained in firearms, is licensed to carry, has gone through this process, they also they understand the power of what they have. And I think that 
makes them less likely to want to enter a conflict because they know how that conflict is probably going to end. Absolutely. The other person, so like, I'd rather avoid that at all costs. Well, and also, most yeah. people don't want to take a life. Like, that's sure, not, it's not. We're not actually cool that's like one of the most damaging things yes. that happens to people. Psychologically, yeah. Studies yeah. Of war. Look at PTSD and all that stuff. There's a reason humans have an adverse response to taking a life and that most soldiers are not going to come out of something like that unscathed. Are there a few who will? Yes. That's so, why psychopaths and sociopaths yeah. make the best soldiers. <laughs> make the best soldiers because they, they can kill and kill and kill. Not and only can they, they enjoy them. it. They enjoy it. Mm -hmm. so it's a different thing. But that's a small percentage of people. The vast majority yeah. of people, it, it's not natural, like Brent said. They will have a trauma response to taking a life because it's just not something we're supposed to do, obviously. It's no just I wish situation. Yeah, I wish going back to what, what Shmuel said is that I really do wish we uh, had more of that because I can't count how many times I've been in a situation where I've been in a heated thing and we can go even as base level as playing a video game. So there's this video game I played a long time ago uh, back during the pandemic and it was, uh, fuck, I can't remember, but it was, it was a giant phone-based MMO and playing it everybody was really wanting um to have conflict so how it started out was you had your little your little town your little castle and if you were a lower rank in that particular thing everyone just just fucking fucking farm you hold on, hold on, echo. i don't hear an echo oh, okay yeah i heard it but it's gone now um so they would farm, <clears throat> farm you and then you'd be like hey Hey, why are you attacking me? Oh, because you're a plebe. So then you have to get up in rank. And then once you're in rank, everyone still wanted to attack you. And so I got into one of the top ranks. I fought my way up. I made a whole guild. I was one of the top guilds out of thousands of people in this uh, particular server. And there was constant infighting. People betraying people, backstabbing each other. And I remember in the main chat, I just came and I was like, how do we come to a resolution? There, this was so intricate. People were spending tens of thousands of dollars in this game. Oh I was with way more money than me. Um, and I was talking to all these people more successful than me. We've got CEOs of major Wagyu beef companies. I had police officers that ran entire cities. And they're all fighting like little children over Viber because he farmed my my second uh, castle. And, da, da, da. and I kept saying, how do we fix this? And no one ever wanted to come to a solid resolution. This is just a video game. But because they put money into it, and they put all... The, this was just... It was ridiculous. They were all children. And these are people with businesses, full-grown adults, marriages, children. And they were <laughs> acting like infants. So even in that tiny bubble, I could see that they don't want resolution. Because as soon as I would make a resolution, I would barter some kind of agreement system. And everyone hated me because I was a fucking cunt in that game. Because I, every time someone would fight, I'd just get into the main uh, uh, chat and start bitching and screaming at everyone. Everyone would be like, oh my god, Lee Stark's not alone. She's whining again. And it got over to that. But that's what I've noticed. Even in that small area where it's a game, you're supposed to be having fun. You're not supposed to be screwing each other over. And when you screw each other over, it just makes the game less fun, nobody wanted the resolution. Nobody wanted to be a big person and say, you know what, you're right. I shouldn't have hit your castle. You're right. I shouldn't have farmed your entire uh, guild. No one ever wanted to do that. Now take that. It's what real life is right now. Mm -hmm. They Nobody wants to admit, you know what, 
Maybe I shouldn't have attacked that white blonde lady because she said she didn't want gay, uh, trans dudes walking around in the spa and smash her glasses and punch her against the wall. No one wants to admit that maybe that was going too far. No, instead the narrative becomes, I punch Nazis. I will attack transphobes. I'll do it. Rather than sit there and say, and again, I can put it back to the game. Instead of saying, you know what, you're right, I shouldn't have done it. No, instead I get, that's what you get for trying to challenge the Crimson Raiders. That's what you get for trying to challenge uh, the, um, one of them was Death Bunnies. So it's like, that's what you get for trying to challenge us. That's what you get for coming into our territory. Like, never just, you know what, you're right, we were wrong. No one wants to do that. Because again, nobody wants to shut their mouths when they're wrong. This is proof that video games are the devil. <laughs> nonsense. Matt nonsense. Walsh is absolutely right. Nonsense. nonsense. No, he's wrong. He's wrong. He, he needs to talk to George. He needs to talk to George. If you can isolate certain variables, though, you can show a lot of like human propensities to act on certain behaviors, right? Like it comes out. It's like, okay, given this set of information, like, you know, if I expose this information, we could both maximize our outcomes, but like, I don't trust you to actually expose the information that you have. So, you know, without that trust that, you know, I, I'm not actually going to expose mine, right? Like, so it's like, like in these, in these games, you can kind of find like, they, oh, sure. Like there's some real life, like economic and human behavioral principles here. Like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be attacking this castle or whatever, or farming out the whole, like, you know, playing field. Yeah. Like that is like, that's actually, you know, like a good isolated case to say, like, okay, without all the bullshit, um, like how people act, and they only have so many variables to do it. I know it sounded like a whole little Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole, but there was a whole point to it. Like that was a thing because it was clearly wrong to do, but they had the power to do it without getting in trouble. Right, and exactly. Same exact situation here. So you can just see that maximum, like that maximum influence of variable on like a certain outcome, right? Like on an extreme outcome. So then you can take that and say, like, oh, given this knowledge that I have about the way that the calculus of the human mind works, you know, that this person might have something, like, it's the same thing as, like, when someone's born, what propensity do they have to become a CEO, right? Like, if your parents went to an Ivy League school, like, that propensity is much higher, but you might be a total fucking dumbass. And, like, then again, like, you know, my sister's, like, you know, obviously from the same place I am, where like eight out of nine of us are dumbasses but she's a cfo and she's really you know what i mean like so it's like it, it does happen like of course but it's just like you know mister watching this right now like what the fuck did you say in the world i always say on twitter i said a couple of times like there's one person on the planet whose opinion i care about of me and it is that sister I mean, like everybody else is generally I don't give a fuck, but like her, you know, I do because she's like my, you know, like my rock and my my point of reason for when I go crazy, which is often. But anyway, my whole point is like we all have like, you know, there's certain propensities at the onset and whether those actualize or not, you can think of it as homosexuality or becoming a C-suite executive or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think like, that brought us back around to the initial topic we've started on man we covered a lot of ground too we talked about aliens and i miss aliens yeah we talked about aliens we'll do aliens again because aliens is such a long conversation well, determined that they don't exist it's a complete fraud i want to actually chat about that topic more and brett and i want to get more guests on for our formal episodes who are mm. experts 
that and are willing to chat about it and i'm making some arrangements i reached out to some people and we'll see you know Can we, we should talk about george i want to show george well i think we should it. wrap it up we're about at two and a half hours i just want to show it real quick our food is about to come that's true so i'm so glad that. i was not the only one that thought that i, I just retweeted that <laughs> what oh yeah yeah my yeah. food is about to come Oh, George is great. We've <laughs> had him on the show three times already, and we've hung George. out with him in person as well. He's a lovely person. We Who's this, a, a Greek friend that I don't know yet? He's, George a, he's a cartoonist. He's a cartoonist, an artist. And he, and got, he went viral. He, he goes viral for these four <laughs> panels, but this is I like his warm-up. He does like serious like uh, graphic art. Uh, he's got a... Mm -hmm new uh novel graphic uh, novel coming out with uh that razor fist wrote that he is illustrating um go watch our last episode we talked about yeah, it we it's, talked uh, all about the it. ghost the ghost yeah. of the badlands i believe is the title and there's a give send go but he's, he's they, they raised a shitload of money he's very well known for his political satire comics <laughs> Typically, so thing, like he'll just respond on the spot to things that are happening as they're happening. Instant. With like, like, yeah, yeah. He draws them really fast to like his practice runs. But you they, also have to have yeah. some brains in order to be able to fucking process them because yes. they're contextual. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I read this and I was like, I don't know what the fuck is happening here. No. Yeah, it's okay. So you have to read what he's responding so, to. The idea here is that these fucking blue haired, crazy lefty liberals secretly want a masculine a uh, nationalist white boy american okay i can see that now it's actually he originally drew sure. that because it, it was an actual phenomenon happening on reddit and tumblr of liberal girls saying they had sexual fantasies about fucking trump supporters, trump supporters. That's originally that's when he originally posted this because yeah. look, look at all the posters in the back behind her and everything yeah. and, and that's the thing because a lot of girls you yeah. know they'll march with a soy boy yeah all right i guess we'll we'll wrap it up there thank you everyone for joining us we love talking with all these different diverse people it's really interesting we love hearing your thoughts and insights and we're gonna do this more you know you guys are always invited on and typically you know we'll try to change it up week to week but we have our regulars as well but um, and they're never like the same time because the schedule is very yeah well, schedules so. are different people are across the I've never seen any three of these people before and they're all my new favorites so I want to be I want to I want this to be my stacked panel that you guys have me on with from now on <laughs> gotcha. oh by the way thank you for the follow storm I followed you and I found you Schmel oh, I, was, I was hoping it was the right one because I I, follow, I think I followed all of you but I was just like making I gotta find Schmel I don't have him yet but I will literally and type in his name he's really hard post this I'll tag all of you and also just as always like comment share subscribe all that shit if people want to help oh, us yeah. do grifting and you know rolling back our gay rights and having these conversations please give us your money thank you yeah, <laughs> um as we're wrapping up can i put in a couple of shameless plugs real quick? oh yeah yeah shameless plug away tomorrow morning 10 30 eastern i am hosting front porch brunch which is a news uh, and commentary live stream that I do on Saturday mornings, which is dedicated to all the hardworking people out there in Internet land who have spent the whole week humping it, but they don't have the time to look at the news. And now I just want to give them a place to decompress, talk about the news, give you a take, have some fun, 
you know, so 10.30 Eastern tomorrow morning. And then Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, I have an interview with Forrest Mommy, which oh, if you cool. don't know who that is, that's... Yeah, we're, we got to get her on, too, and chat with her. Jessica, Jessica Fenske, she is a libertarian out in Colorado who is running for her city council. So I want to have her on, and she's a load of fun. Yeah, I mean, I love, don't I ask theater. don't ask that woman what she really thinks, unless God help you, you're ready to hear what she's got to say. Are you already? Are you doing? You're doing that live? Yes, we're doing that live, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard. It's on YouTube. It's on Rumble. It's on Twitter. Just like Front Porch Brunch tomorrow morning. So you know, if you want to stop by, either one, love to have you. Um, you Might know. be at the gym, but we'll see. Okay, fair enough. That's cool. Totally tomorrow cool. at seven? Are you doing it? No, no. Tomorrow morning is ten thirty a.m. Tomorrow morning, is 7 okay. And then uh, next mm -hmm. Tuesday, seven p.m. Eastern. Tuesday, seven p.m. Okay, Tuesday. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can figure. All right, you're done grifting, huh? Can I grift a little bit? Grift. <laughs> Pretty much. I want to. I want to. I want to do it too. I never do. Um, right, yeah, do you guys want to see me talk live about like being a crazy cat lady on Mondays at 10 p.m. I go live with a young lady called Hara Emirata. Tuesdays yeah. at noon. If you want to see me draw, you can catch me on my channel uh, at noon. That's uh, EST, and I release a new video every Thursdays. I just released a video about body positivity for men and how it barely exists. And next week we'll be talking about uh, two two ladies who have beaten the fat ass system. So just making sure. Also, I'm designing merch. I will be making a shirt about Hogwarts letters. Uh, I sent Brent yeah. design. Yeah, <laughs> can we want me to show it? I need to. Yeah, if you want to, yeah. I need to pop into one of your drawing streams again. I haven't Please done do. that in a while. Those are always fun. Your like, letter is never coming. <laughs> 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 Why you gotta do one of my dreams? Like, I love it. <laughs> my best friend is uh, a Harry person. I always give her shit because I don't like. I never seen it. And I don't know anything about it, but oh, like, I do know something about this leather thing, and I would totally buy this on like a T-shirt as a joke or something to give to her. That's what I'm planning on doing. I'm making I a T-shirt. I want okay, well, like Can we have it by then? Because I'll buy one. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm yeah. trying to get this all set up. Hopefully, um, I have a couple of things for merch. Like, uh, my mod called me a political crossdresser, so I, I have it. to uh, make that a shirt. I think it's gonna yes. be a really really cool idea. Um, and then this is gonna be on a shirt. I'm gonna get a couple of other uh, anti bopo things. So yeah, keep keep an eye out for that, guys. And also uh, during the fall, I'm gonna bring back my monster designs that I know you guys have seen. And I am pretty proud of them. I yeah, we we have been like fantasy monsters or monsters Inc. monsters. Oh, okay, cool. We've been sleeping on merch, Brent. I really gotta get. get you guys have good like. Through, I don't know who's the best. Like, what? But what are the best options? Oh, I can help you out with that. Like, for instance, yeah. if you want to do stickers, sticker mule. Uh, sticker send monkey. Me, send me links. I will. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll go through my little uh, repertoire of. But t-shirts for your old clientele like we like t-shirts we like t-shirts oh i i absolutely because like that's i know that i want to like get one that says faggots on it dangerous rhetoric <laughs> and then faggots or like faggot rhetoric or something just i don't know oh my god reclaim it reclaim it yeah have have dangerous Take rhetoric it, on the front and then have faggot on the back Bag on the back, or you just have the dangerous, dangerous rhetoric logo, and then like a big red stamp that just says faggots right on top. Yeah. Dangerous faggots. Oh, that's good. I like that. Oh my like, God. Now we're that like, is dangerous. I'm like, I'm half serious and half joking. On I know. I'm like, because I, I would like to buy it, but then I wonder if if I get my ass wearing it. 
I get hey, weird about wearing hey, a fucking t-shirt that says "I like America." Yeah. Hey, Chrissy Mayer's got a t-shirt called "Rooting for Putin." So I mean, you know, you guys really. Yeah, out on her, out on. Jesus, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank here. Um, <laughs> We've been going almost three hours. I mean, it's late. Yeah, it is late. All right, we're going to wrap it up there. We'll continue talking with you guys. Thank you for letting me grift. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, no, thanks for coming. It. Everyone, thank you for watching. We appreciate it. We thanks did read through comments, even though we didn't put a bunch of them up and talk about them. But um, we'll try to do that more next time and read your comments. Well, I was looking at the comments in the chat. Oh, yeah, so there's yeah. lots of comments. Thank but, you for the chatters. We appreciate, appreciate you. That. All right, good night. Thank you very much. See ya. Bye. 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 Bye.